0: In the basement of Ann Arbor, Michigan, it's the Siggy Lama Show, starring Sigmund Lamar. This exciting episode, the debut of a new feature, Noob School, a review of Siggy's Gaming New Year's, just in the nick of time, too, an interview with Sandor Weiss, founder of the Mystery League, mm-hmm. and even more. And now the man who believes war ain't nothing to be dancing about,
1: Sigmund Lamar!
0: Hi-ho, everyone. Sigmund Lamar here. Coming back to you from, after a month off, just because no time. No time anymore. No time anymore, folks. And uh, I got to be honest, I feel like the demand for my services is not so high these days. I mean, we've got another, another Blood Bowl podcast joining us, uh, the Double Skulls, all the way over the pond. We needed another another English, at least another non-American uh, Blood Bowl podcast. That's in the English language, so I can listen and enjoy to it and uh, soak up uh, at least one more accent. Always enjoy that. And uh, it's a nice, nice lengthy podcast. What Their first couple episodes were like two hours each. Episode three, ninety minutes. They have an episode four out already, so there's like a glut. They're glutting the they glutting the market. Uh, driving down the price of Blood Bowl podcasts. They're they're I mean the 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 price of an individual episode of any Blood Bowl podcast, it's never been lower. Never been lower than it is right now. Um, so thanks to the double skulls guys for 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 ruining rooting ruining it all for all of us. Um and it's really got me thinking, like, my, my podcast is already too long. There's just not enough time to listen to all these podcasts, folks. So I'm going to get shorter. My podcast is going to get shorter. Well, getting less frequent, that'd be one way to, to solve the problem. But I'm going to aim for more frequent, tighter, a tighter ship. Going to run a tighter ship around here, folks. But not today, not this month. This is going to be a very big, bloated uh, cog of a ship. Uh, a Ticonderoga class dreadnought. Did I get that right? So, what, what's on the deck for today? Um, we've got a brand new, brand new feature. Very excited about this. Uh, we're going to take Wade Carney, friend of the podcast, trademark three die block. Uh, we're going to take him to noob school. Find out what's going on for the noobs just getting into the game. Uh, man, another. Man, double skulls stealing my thunder, on that one. Doggone it! I've had this, I've had this bit planned for a long time, and now they just roll out a whole noob podcast. Man, those guys! Did I welcome them to the podcast? Vault? Why did I do that? Uh, what else? We're going to talk to Sandra Weiss, founder of the Mystery League, uh, a game enthusiast, a puzzle enthusiast. Not necessarily a hunt enthusiast, unless those hunts involve puzzles. He's got a new venture where he will design a custom puzzle hunt for your occasion. He's going to talk about that and a whole lot more uh, with me in a nice, relaxing, lengthy, friendly conversation that you will enjoy every minute of. And after that, we're going to get into the post-game sequence. I'm going to catch you up on what happened at Dog Bowl 3. Where the frozen flames did something, they did something. You'll have to f- stick around to find out. It's gonna be super interesting, and a special guest, a special guest, special gift, all the way from Sweden. You're gonna want to hear that, so stick around for the whole thing, folks. Tear the knob off. I think that's what um, I think that's what Johnny P says when he's on the radio. Tear the off. tear the off. tear the naf off, folks. So we're sticking around. He's like, he think he says that we're sticking around? That's like a radio thing, they say. We're headed for a classic rock hullabaloo. So get your ear holes open for the hubbub. bub That's, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get into it. So uh, we're going to hear uh, some noob school right after this.
2: In a world where orcs and elves battle for a keg of beer... Where the laws of Nuffle change with the wind, a game is played, fouls are committed, and death is inevitable. There are winners and losers, and only one team will rise from obscurity to claim the prize, the Empire Cup. April 25th. Go to Facebook.com slash TV for details. Under 17.00 with without parents.
0: the man said it's noob school where we talk to new players just getting into the game of blood bowl just to find out about their experiences a little bit see if we can give them any pointers uh and you know just uh i'll remember that fresh perspective we all had when we were just starting out in this game we all love uh with me in this segment is wade carney say hello wade hey
3: hi how are you good how are That's, you doing uh... Doing well. That's uh, that's that's some intro. That's, well, thank you. This is the this is the real deal. I see. I'm trying. I'm trying as Oh, uh, well, you're succeeding. Succeeding. Well,
0: thank you. Wade's joining us from uh, Los Angeles, uh, California. So,
3: uh, North Hollywood. We'll just know why not? Well, we'll make okay. it. I mean, it is Los Angeles.
0: I'm it's speaking just, in uh, you know metro uh, media markets uh, <laughs> here. So, um, so we got a little bit of time difference. Uh, thanks for accommodating me in your schedule. Um. And I just wanted to uh, talk to you. You know, we've uh, known each other a long time. We uh, played HeroClix for a long time when we were both living in Chicago. And so I've been uh, curious. I've been, you know, working uh, to get you into the game of Blood Bowl. And uh, now that there's all these great online possibilities. uh... Okay, so let's get into it. So, uh, Wade, what has attracted you to the game of Blood Bowl?
3: Uh, Well,. Many things. I mean, you, you, it's certainly, certainly your persistent nature (laughs) certainly has has been a major factor in that. Um, You you certainly have a lot of passion for it. And so it's, that's, that's hard to deny. Um, I don't know. I've never, I've never really uh, been uh, a a football uh, person or or sports fan of of any sort. But, um, but I enjoy hero clicks a great deal. And uh, and I I enjoy anything that, um, makes you think in a different way, and so and 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 how to to you have a set of rules and then modifiers to those rules and then uh, how do you achieve what you need to do when someone else is trying to 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 either achieve the same thing or prevent you from doing it and so that that's just always been in any I've so always said
0: you, so this, you like games yeah I think you've described most games
3: most what games are yeah I I think I I, I literally just the definition of games yeah I, I mean tell- I mean like like you tell i mean as i said i'm not really a football fan but if you um or even a fantasy fan but if you um like i don't like 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 movies like i don't I, if you tell a good story i don't care what genre it's in you know if it's good it's good
0: that's so. exactly it. Yeah. there's so many yeah. dimensions to this game that's what i love it um I love it, about it, it
3: certainly appears to that i mean it certainly is absolutely
0: so uh so let's let's Get into it. So, what team uh, have you been playing, and uh, why did you choose that team?
3: Uh, I chose a Norse team. Um, I, I I'm not exactly sure why. I guess I just um, uh, of all the types of teams you could buy. Uh, excuse me. Uh, of all the types of teams you could uh, choose, the um, I guess the one that spoke to me the most was the the Norse. Um,
0: now we've talked just, about this because I've been you know as I've been trying to acquaint you with the game and 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 coaching you on different uh Mm -hmm. races that may be good to try with um you know norses are known as the norses the norse are known as the the glass cannon uh, of blood bowl they start off with all these great skills but they're kind of fragile maybe a little hard to develop for a new player uh what's your been experience out of the gate with them
3: um have i
0: said out of the gate uh four times already this is
3: Good start Not for th- me. Well, there's there's probably lots of gates uh, that you, one has to go through. So um, to get from very, yeah, exactly. Ann Arbor to Los Angeles metro area, yes, lots of gates. Even um, in the uh, being connected here by microphones, there are gates. Never mind. Um, <laughs> right.
0: So so you've been thinking you've been using the, the Norse, and as I tried to acquaint you to the game, uh, you know. It, warning you about you know maybe start with these races not these other races uh Norse seem like you know they do very well uh, in tournaments and for you know uh starting rosters but maybe tricky for a new player with their fragility what's your been your experience with that
3: um yeah they certainly they certainly uh do have a certain that fragility to them for sure and and I was you did certainly warn me against that uh many a time um I don't know I feel I, uh, uh, to be frank, it was mainly an aesthetic choice. I think I've always, of all the things I could select, you could you know, I was probably most attracted to just the aesthetic quality nature of the concept of of like a Norse team, sure. um, as opposed to the more fancy elements. But um, on the other side of that, I, I think I I feel like I psychologically just needed to, uh, I I felt like that was most akin to my own. Site, uh, mo, if you will, like basically, I will, I will like dive into situations, but, um, I also can get hurt really easily. (laughs) Uh, I dive in without thinking and blah, 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 and then like end up kind of, um, Uh, I guess getting hurt quite a bit. So basically I thought, well, maybe that's why I felt a kinship to this particular type of team. Um, So you want to reenact that pain in your personal life through your blood bowl experiences. Perhaps, but I think more important, more importantly, um, just have something to work out to where I can try to learn how to use that mentality. Those, those particular types of stats and, and uh work w- work with those stats flawed as they may be and try to achieve certain goals so i could feel like you know i could i could do that in my own life you know blood bolus therapy i love it exactly exactly i mean i mean most people games are like way of or your achievement or, or entertainment but i guess yeah anything i can use for therapy i will <laughs>
0: okay so so when you're using the norse uh, let's start with offense um how do you use the the elf warners because um that always seems like the frenzy there without the block it's kind of risky um but the strength four is very tempting like how do you how do you use those in your game plan
3: wow um i, I on a very broad general level i i i tend to like I said, I tend to just barrel in without thinking and then work myself out from there. So uh how do I use how do I use the, the what? The, the elf runners. Elf runners. Um well then I guess um I would probably use them as um as uh, moving moving walls really. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can just I can just plow them at like in, get a couple together, push them through. Throw my blocks to the other team and then have my people that I'm running or need that who are more agile kind of following behind them, like a you know, like 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 a, like shaking and bacon, and tell nights and just uh, uh, and then be able to pop them out on either side, whether I'm running the ball or or um, or bringing in other uh offensive um attackers.
0: So just kind of hey, throw caution to, it, to the tro- tro- wind and pray to baby Jesus. Basically, it back to, basically, we'll, I'll we'll call a call back there to tell it knights.
3: Yeah. <laughs> a very um, ill-considered uh, Trojan Norse, if you will.
0: <laughs> a Trojan Norse, very. A Trojan good. Norse, yeah. Um, so what kind of opponents have you been facing, and who who have you had success against? Who's been giving you trouble?
3: Uh, I had success against uh, the um, necromancers. The and. Yeah, necromantic yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, necromantic teams. That's right. Not so much ogres. Ogres, the ogre teams would will will yeah. put me down. Ogres. To, oh, I'm sorry. What? They. Oh, they'll they'll crush me. Just really. Yes, I, I, I the why? Just just the one time. I.
0: I mean, there. they're a tier three team. Usually, one of the worst teams in the game. But I guess to a a, a noob, they might. Give you some trouble well, with all I'm, the. Uh, I would think with against the Snatlings you'd have so much success clearing them out of the way that you'd be able to gang up on the ogres and and eliminate them.
3: True. Um, I think probably. I I always feel like in any sort of situation, I'm I'm the worst team in the in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really the team that shows; it, it's more the, the the coach.
0: I guess yeah. I guess it's experience level of. Uh, yeah, it is noob on.
3: school after
0: all. That that's true. I named the segment. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, no. <laughs> so, what kind of uh, pointers can I give you? Like, what, uh, like, what are you trying to do next in developing yourself as a coach? Um, Offensive game plan. So, you receive the kick. Uh, how do you go about trying to to score? What's your What's your overall game plan here?
3: Uh, move like, let's say you're facing
0: uh, a Skaven team. We do don't, don't like Skavens. Uh yeah. Not, oh, not no. a fan.
3: Not a fan of Skavens. Yeah, Skavins, I find them those gutter runners are such a pain. Oh, the worst. Um just yeah, I just I just try to uh, run through them and try not to to you know, they can chase me all they want, but you know, once they take flight, you know, I, I can't really do much. It's kinda like I see the I when I see the Skaven team lineup, I'm just kinda like, well that's it. I don't you know, I'm just gonna try my best. You got to worry about those deep kicks with them. Yeah, they they kick real deep, don't they? I mean, the Norse is no slouch on, well, maybe they are. Well, I just mean in terms of, like, ball protection. Yes. Yes. Um, Good, you're right.
0: So, uh, so when the gutter runners you know come and invade your backfield like how do you um, what are you doing to protect the ball carrier uh, well I'm tr- not
3: not in my backfield they won't
0: um, well like you do. can keep them out right it's not right. like you have any tackle on your team true are you playing lots of um, more developed teams where you're getting lots of inducements and do you find yourself inducing the wizard
3: I haven't been Playing a lot per se, so I haven't really encountered a whole lot of inducements. Well, are you doing? I forget. Are you
0: are you doing like a matchmaking black box, or how are you arranging your matches?
3: Because we've been trying to,
0: I've been trying to play with you, but because of the time difference,
3: right, right, we haven't
0: been able to hook up and play. But um,
3: I kind of just kind of gone online and seen who's who's there and. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had uh, the inducements. No, 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 not really, not really. No, no inducements. How much
0: have you actually played? Like, how many games? What's your record
3: with your team? Um, my my scoring record or my the record of uh, have I broken a record of games played? Like your wins and losses and draws. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um. Um. Uh. It's a. It's a. Thirteen. Seven. Eight. Something like that. That's pretty good for a, uh, a new coach who doesn't know what he's doing. Really? Oh. Okay. Um. I guess I meant eight thirteen, seven. How many games have you actually played? Eight thirteen seven. What, yeah. Which client are you using again? Um. The.
0: The Grisham. Have you have you even played the game? Um
3: What does the tackle skill do? Tackle? Yeah. It it tackles.
0: Well like what 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 skill does it counter?
3: Makes a uh, really good hamburger. Uh, wait, Jeremy, you, I'm, so, I'm sorry I'm um, sorry. I had you on the podcast to talk about the game and I, you told me you've been playing. I didn't know it was gonna go this far. I'm sorry. I thought you were just gonna say, Are you like do you enjoy it? And I would say, Yeah, I enjoy it. And then I go back to the things I actually have to do, like take care of my kid. But you and t- get him dressed in school and stuff like that. And I mean, like, I got kids too, and I I know you, know you got I know you got kids. I don't know how you do it. I'm what? like going out of my mind they over. I'm so them. Up. That's how. I, I, I do it. <laughs> but I mean, God, I should have thought about that. I could have of doing things I actually wanted to do. I mean, I'm, look, I'm. I, I, like, I didn't. I, I'm. I didn't want to hurt your feelings at all. I'm so. You, you've been so nice and 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 so wanting to include me, and I really appreciate that. It's really nice to talk to 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 someone about us, anything else other than diapers and. And, and 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 the best you know i'm i'm an amazon mom member if you can believe it. i have an amazon mom account and like to talk you know and i i can i can go through every single you know brand of anything regarding bab- regarding babies and and i i'm starting to feel pride about that and it's weird you know and so like it's i i it was just nice to talk to someone about it. and and you seem so into it and um i just and maybe if i had the time to do it i would be into it but you know i haven't played hero clicks in five years either so well three years um so it's it's um are uh, mad i just like i don't even know if i can use this segment anymore you can use the bit at the beginning about like you know where the, the music came in, it said noob school. You can use that part, right? Yeah, but you like the, this this not- is this is Wade. This is he's a noob, and I'd be like, Hi, and you're like, see him on the playing field, and then boom, back over to something that people would actually wanna want to hear. You know, like someone who knows what the heck they're talking about. Did you even read the rule book I sent you? I have it in front of me right here. I don't know what the But fuck did you I'm- read it? Well, I'm reading it. It's a twitchy you and bonehead mean. and, and the, the beast of Nurgle. And uh, I'm looking at like 70,000 gold pieces. I didn't know you had to like, had you buy. is this like, do I have to buy like Bitcoin or some crap to be able to okay. use this? I don't know. I'm um, like, okay. I'm coming to a place where I
0: can accept the fact that you just don't, want to have fun with
3: me anymore okay that's, that's fine. not true You're that's too not busy true. I, and uh, whatever no, no. If I if I didn't want that I would have I would have I wouldn't answer the phone and I'm trying to process
0: now whether all the times you said you didn't have time to play were um, just because you didn't want to play with me
3: let's set that, aside. Well, let's if set you that think, aside well if you think about it if you think about it if I all the times I said I didn't have time to play and now we're here and I don't have never played what does that tell you I didn't have time to play I mean, it's not like I was. I was. I mean, yeah, okay. I was leading you along, or I was stringing you along. That wasn't cool. I'm very sorry. Um, I, oh, I didn't mean to sound shitty. I'm sorry. I, I am sorry. Um, um, but I, I, you know,
0: it, uh, I'm I, having it's, it's, it's trouble expressing my feelings.
3: Um, I mean, it's a problem I have. This is why we, I play board games would, um, would, would what would a would it help if i asked what a bomber dribble snot would do in this situation
0: not really he's a i mean he's a star player who throws bombs. he's a goblin who wears a napoleon hat and he throws bombs. but that's
3: not i mean you're telling me what, a napoleon goblin wouldn't know what to do okay in this now situation? you're just
0: humoring me and that's kind of no, humiliating just, so no, it's, if so. you want to help me at this point if you want to try to make any kind of amends for all the lies you've told me for all the weeks, um, just like, how are we going to get out of this segment? Like, uh, I, I, I'm trying to make a podcast and I need to fill time. I mean, I could just drop the segment. But yeah. I've already like tweeted about this. I mean, I don't, you know, oh, why did you tweet about this? Well, um, That's what you do. You try to build
3: hype. Well, you don't, you can't, you know you should you should tweet about it once you did the recording and then you don't have to worry about that. You know, if as long as you don't, if you, you know, what what if you lost this recording? What if I gave you an amazing recording? What if I said, oh, you know, the I'm running a slam and the the the, the Croxy Gore is a real bonehead in some ways, and that actually made sense. And then like, and then like, you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then you lost the file, the digital cr- corruption, and then you have already tweeted about it, and now you like a, a, a like a digital idiot. Whereas if you didn't tweet about it. You wouldn't be in this situation. That doesn't help right now, does it? Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, no not at all. Um, well, okay, let's 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 craft back. Now, granted, you, okay, the the medium is in your favor because you don't have like you don't have to fill twenty two minutes plus commercials to meet your time slot. Your podcast can be any length. Yeah, but nobody wants to listen to. Like an hour of
0: this shit, like you and me fucking oh, around. Oh, like,
3: oh, you mean like how I like that you spend my time, like, like how I've chosen to spend what little free time well, I like have is just you and just I messed, talking, like fucking around. Like
0: diapers and your kid. I mean, nobody wants to hear that.
3: No, I don't even want to hear that.
0: So I don't um, talk about my kids. Well, Ever. Yeah, you should. Ever, really. Name two things you know about my kids. Do I ever talk about my kids to you? Well, I know one of them's names is... Thing One. Well, you should at least fucking know their names. They're my kids. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I should know your names. But you know what? Jesus, I meant like personal information. Like their preferences and shit like that. Never mind. You know what? Just like... Okay. So what we learned today is that uh, they call them noobs for a reason. New coaches suck at the game because they don't know the rules yet. Yeah. Check so, the boob school. if you meet one of these people online or in person, uh, just try to be patient with them. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll take the time to actually learn to play the game better and, and give you more of a fun time. So there we have it. Noob school. Hope you learned something.
3: Well, enjoy your 170 K of inducement. Ring the bell um, sucker. St- School's back in MC hammer. Please don't hurt him.
0: With the stop
1: button. <laughs> <laughs> yep,
0: yeah, that's pretty much what it felt like. I think we need a palate cleanser before we go into. Our conversation with Sandra Weiss about puzzles, New Year's, and games. So let's hear a little bit from King Kong. There's a word for that. What's the word for that when you use uh, elements of obsolete technology
4: uh, that's
0: no longer necessary? There's a word for that. Like wood, fake wood paneling on a station uh, wagon?
4: That's called skeuomorphism.
0: Skeuomorphism. That's a good word.
4: It's a great word, except it's, it's overused. I mean, it's improperly used a lot. Uh, but, but actually using the word rewind is... I don't think that counts as a skeuomorphism because I think of it as a word that actually has transcended its original uh, meaning versus something like wood paneling is supposed to be a callback to what the wood, the original wood uh, did for you, which is more or less a feeling, you know, an emotion.
0: So we, we don't say rewind just to make us comfortable. Right. It's more that the, uh...
4: It's just part of language. The
0: semantics have migrated to Uh, something. I mean, it kind of works metaphorically.
4: Rewind? Right. It's a metaphor for what what used to happen with tape. We also say tape. I mean, people on radio say tape all the time.
0: Yeah. People still say film. They say they film stuff. It used to drive me nuts when... I was a film student and people would say they were filming but they were shooting on tape I'm like you know we're here to learn the shit <laughs> we're here to learn the distinction between different formats and media so if you're not filming don't say you're filming but now people say they're filming when there's not even a, a physical medium
4: um, yeah well people also say dial to to punch numbers into a telephone yeah and there's Certainly no, not doing
0: that. There's no dial. Well, people say dial when they're talking about their podcast. Say so dial in, or you know, they, they say tune in next week. I guess tune. they don't say dial, but they're yeah. saying tune, like as if you there's a frequency you had to match in order to to hear the 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 podcast. So, Mr. Weiss, Mr. Yes. Sandor Weiss, are we calling you Sandor or Sandy?
4: Sandy's fine.
0: Or are we calling you Mr. Weiss? Uh, Are you independent as a hog on ice? Uh, Are you a big shot down at the slaughterhouse? Are you a Tom Waits fan?
4: Oh, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm enough of a fan, but I'm not enough of a fan, I guess. So
0: did you did you know it at the Cemetery Boca? Track yeah. uh, track I think that says Track Three on Rain Dogs, 1986. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't check it out. It's I got your name uh, in it.
4: Can't handle rain dogs that as as well as some.
0: Yeah. Okay. They, they smell. They get yeah, that smell.
4: They do.
0: So I'm here with my good friend, my good old friend, Sandy Weiss. We've known each other for how long? When did we first meet?
4: Uh, that have been 1995. Well, it, it would have been 94. Something rudder four. 94 and 95. Yeah. Yeah. Way More way than back. half a life ago
0: ways back and uh, so I want to tell a story so I I, I this is a, a normally a podcast where I talk about blood bowl but there are many other games besides blood bowl and uh, for somehow I haven't gotten you to play blood bowl yet but we've played many many other games together and many of those games have been on your incredible day of games which is a uh, something you've been hosting for not quite 20 years, but is it close to 10?
4: Sarah thinks it's 10. years? Sarah thinks years. it's 10 because we've lived in this house for over 10 years.
0: Yeah, and it's a kind of a New Year's Day tradition for, for you and Sarah where you open up your home for an all-day-long gaming event. Uh, and it's kind of morphed over the years. It used to be mostly board games. And, uh, and now you've even kind of structured it. So like, okay, if you want to do the party games, come in the, during these hours. And then during these hours, we'll do, uh, you know, uh, TV screen based games. And then later we'll do this just more strategic games and like you got it all arranged. And so it's, it's always a big event, uh, that I've always tried to make. And since I've moved to Michigan, uh, it's been harder and harder, uh, you know, to arrange the travel, but it was always kind of, uh. Uh, uh, something to to look forward and plan your holiday around was attending Sandy's Day of Games, and so so I wanted to be in Chicago for the Day of Games, so I emailed you and said, and you know, and other people, and said, so what's going on with the New Year's Eve parties? What what New Year's Eve parties are going on? And you emailed me back with a very interesting offer, which was tossing.
4: <laughs> I can't. T- I'm not a professional at this church. Uh <laughs> even though I host my own podcast. Um, that's what they say, right? They say tossing right before. That's the cue.
0: That's the toss, yeah. That's the, they, I, yeah, I but yeah, have to say the
4: word tossing, and then that's how you know you've been tossed something. I'm tossing you a thing. See, that's not even a real, a real uh, word either, um, a metaphor. Um, uh, I invited you to come to a New Year's Eve party at uh, the offices of Cards Against Humanity.
0: And Cards Against Humanity, how would you, for those who haven't played, it is a, at many Blood Bowl tournaments I've been to, when the Blood Bowl games are over, if it's a two-day tournament, people are staying overnight, people get out their other games, Cards Against Humanity has been a popular choice uh, to pull out and play in, uh, in the evenings at those tournaments. But for those who haven't played, uh, how would you describe Cards Against Humanity?
4: Well, it's a party game uh, in that the object is not necessarily to win, but to have fun. Um, it's a game for uh, a, a group of people as opposed to two or three. Uh, and it's a game that allows you to express your um, express topics that you'd otherwise feel embarrassed or shameful to talk about in, in um, uh, public or even in close company um, because it's all the – all the jokes are written for you. Uh, You just have to choose um, which jokes to tell. I know I'm speaking abstractly. To talk about the mechanics of the game is almost trivial. It's like apples to apples, but with more adult humor.
0: So it's one of those games where someone's the judge, everyone else, you know, the judge plays a card. Everyone else has to play a card out of their hand that matches that. And the, the judge decides what matched best. Except it's body. And so uh, the cards against humanity folks are opening new offices now i I met the max, the what what would you say inventor designer
4: uh, he's big one of the boss. He's what, one of the eight creators of the game
0: have I met him uh, through you at a, a dash dash puzzle hunt.
4: right. right. That's um, true.
0: And we'll get into puzzle hunts a little bit later and talk about those. but for now. Uh, so through, so you got me into this Cards Against Humanity, not open to the public. So I felt very, very privileged to be at the, the brand new, not even finished yet, Cards Against Humanity offices in, uh, in Chicago, Illinois. And, uh, and it was cool. It was, it was fun. Um, and, uh, and you, are gonna have an office space. You're like, you're renting office space there? Yes. So that was part of the reason you
4: were yes. there. Right. So I've been a friend of Max's for a while and uh and his previous office was very small. Um and was a it was a co working space but uh but not very big. And it was not very convenient for me to get to. Um but with this new space that they opened uh just this week, there are quite a few desks there. um, Well more than they need for their business. Um, So they've arranged for a bunch of people uh, who work independently to rent desks from them. And I am one of those people.
0: And the space is awesome. Um, It's cool. I had threw some pictures up on uh, Facebook of the party, just some of the, um, you know, it was a New Year's Eve party and uh, to fit the tone of the game, they had a big banner up that was uh, here's to another shitty year. And, uh, and the had the the drinks menu was uh um one was called a salty surprise, and it gave the ingredients which was salt, gin and a surprise <laughs> or a salt cucumbers and a surprise and uh, uh and uh one was lowering yourself slowly onto a cucumber
4: That sounds right
0: something like that yeah it, you know you can take your imagination from there. Um, but then there's, uh, going to be spaces in the office that are going to be available to the
4: public somewhat. Can you talk about that? Well, no, I don't think they're going to be office. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you mean office desks or do you mean the space that's,
0: well, the space that's there,
4: the, the, the <laughs> theater space. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So the office design is, um, really, uh, the office is split into two parts. Really, uh, it's one big building, but um, it's designed so that there is space for people to do work during the workday, um, and that's most of the space. But then another part of the of the building is dedicated to a uh, public theater space. So there's a theater, a sort of a, a black box that can be converted into any kind of theater space, um, so like a movie theater or a classroom or a um, uh, a comedy uh, theater or uh or a dance theater and there'll be an entranceway for the public to use for um for coming to these shows there'll be a reception area everything you get out of a theater uh will be there um, um but yeah and then it'll be closed off from the rest of the office
0: so that's pretty cool i mean that's that's a neat idea that as long as we're building this office space let's let's just have a kind of a blank slate space where just cool things can happen. You know, it kind of reminds me of the Beatles starting Apple studios and just like, uh, creative people just come and, uh, you know, we'll help you out.
4: Yeah. That's although really... hopefully it
0: lasts longer than the Beatles, uh, um, version of that.
4: Right. And let's, let's be honest. Let's, let's hope they're more influential. <laughs>
0: Uh, so what so what else was cool about the party? Uh, I mean just the office space is pretty neat. It's like converted industrial space and so uh, they had like two um, uh, shipping containers like you would see on uh, on the docks being loaded onto a huge freighter. I felt you could go in and feel like you were in season two of the wire. That you were uh, you know part of the uh, you know international sex slave trade. So that was fun. That was a good way to spend an evening. And um, they even had a, a podcast studio set up, although no one was podcasting. No one was spending their New Year's Eve podcasting. That was, uh, that was disappointing. But they had a pretty cool setup there with, like, eight microphones around a table. I got a, I got my classic one microphone set up here in my basement. Uh, then, right. you know, right. Skype. Right. Skype, Should uh, you ever
4: need to build a podcast with seven more people, Jar, you've got a place now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's Mister Lama to you. Thank you very much.
4: Oh, sorry, Mister Lama. That's Llama. all
0: right. Um, what else can we say about that? About the party? Am not making what? it sound as cool as it was?
4: Well, here's here's something that make it sound cool. There were 200 and some people there. 250 people were RSVP'd, and I think you can, I think you'll agree, it felt like there was. It, it it felt like you could have filled the place up with twice as many people. Before oh, yeah, so easily, it yeah. Crowded. It didn't feel crowded at all. I mean, it was a big space. Um, there was booze. There was um, there was a DJ. There was uh, a big projector uh, where you could play spelunky. <laughs> um, there was um, is there anything else going on? You know, cameras. Whoa, killer queen. We talk about that.
0: Oh yeah, killer queen. So I'd never heard of this. Apparently. I, I mentioned it to someone else, and like, oh yeah, I know some bar where they have Killer Queen, but um, but you told me about it, and it the first time I heard of it and then got to play it, it's uh, in a in a way, it's kind of an old school cabinet arcade game with what looks like you know eight bit graphics, um, if not lower, <laughs> um, except it's two giant cabinets connected, networked to each other, each one with five controllers. Right, and you're and playing a on two
4: screen. Yeah, you so you see, play in two
0: five-player teams.
4: Right, and you're a bunch and of bees. The, yeah, yeah. So I don't know that there's that not, many. It's bees. not
0: themed after the Queen song at all.
4: Right, it's more no. of a bee it's themed. Themed, after the BG, it's themed after the Bee It's
0: themed after the BGs. The BGs, yeah. I was gonna go B fifty twos, but I like the BGs.
4: Uh well, you know, they spelled it out. That's where I was going. Um, right, so Killer Queen is 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 uh is awesome. There are not that many of them in existence, and one of them is in the arc is in an arcade in Chicago. Are you saying there's one in, in Ann Arbor?
0: No, as uh Stacy in Chicago told me she saw it.
4: Oh. Yeah, there's one in Chicago, there's um maybe a a couple in New York and on the West Coast. Yeah, it's a it's an old it's it's an old-style cabinet game, except that it's a ten-player game, and two cabinets and two fifty-inch screens. Uh, but the graphics are indeed eight-bit. The gameplay is just phenomenal. Um, it's really elegant. Uh, it rewards practice. Um, it rewards coordination um, among teammates. Um, and what's great is uh, an entire game will last you, you know, two minutes on average. Um, and so you can just start all over again uh, if you uh, if you lose. So it's a lot of fun,
0: and it gives you lots of choices. So you're you're, you're competing against the other team, but there are three different win conditions, any which of any one of which, if you satisfy, gives your team victory.
4: Exactly, it's a it's a rock paper scissors mechanic, so that there's no um, objective objectively best strategy. There's just the best strategy based on what your uh, opponent chooses to do. So strategy A will beat strategy B, strategy B will beat strategy C, and strategy strategy C will beat strategy A.
0: Okay, now I played it a bunch of times, but let's just talk about what the three are. I played a bunch of times, and I never got the sense that one defeats the other. It seemed to me just whichever one uh, you concentrated on, uh, unless you had... Okay, well, it plays kind of like Joust, in right. that it's a platformer um
4: single screen platformer
0: you can you start at the top you can jump so you know you're not flapping your wings or anything but you you kill enemies
4: well that's um, if if you're a you soldier do, you kill
0: right. enemies by dropping on them
4: from above you do flap your wings if you're a if you're a soldier or if you're the queen so there's four kinds uh sorry there's there's five bees on a team the uh, when you start out four of them are all drones Uh, and one of them is the queen. The queen never changes. She's always the queen. Um, The drones can convert into fast drones or um, soldiers. And, and, um, uh, And as a soldier, you can flap your wings up and down. You can flap your wings and go up, or you can float down. And you have a sword, and you can kill other drones on the other team or other soldiers or the other queen. And if you're the queen, you can flap your wings and go up and down. You're a little bit faster, but you can also... Quickly move downward. Strike. They
0: do a dive um, bomb.
4: Yeah, you can dive, and that's a really powerful tool. And she also has a sword, and she can also kill any other character from the on the opposing team. And so there's the three ways to win are for uh, is well the three ways are military, economic, and snail. Of course. Mil- <laughs> yeah, right. Classic in the art. I think the art of war mentions that. Uh, the Military means that you kill the opposing queen, queen three times. That's it, and you can kill the opposing queen with your queen or with the, or with your uh, soldiers.
0: And every time you kill the queen, a little headstone appears up by the hive, something like that.
4: No, uh, there's, there's three... something.
0: There's some visual cue of how many times you've killed her.
4: Well, there's two eggs. That's what it is. Yeah, there's two eggs to start, and then there's one once you kill her once, and then there's zero, and then she's dead. Right,
0: because so, the new queen hatches out of one of the eggs. But they're vaguely, okay. I was watching, I wasn't, like, studying it. Just while I was scrambling around, I kind of noticed, oh, there's two things up there. Oh, now there's one thing, and they're vaguely right. headstone-shaped. So I thought they were I thought they were headstones. No. Uh, eggs makes more sense. Because I right. never, I mean, maybe bees have a way of memorializing their dead. And maybe that means burying them and then erecting uh, something?
4: It would be massive like bee graveyards if that were the case. I mean massive amounts. I mean especially if colony collapse disorder. The whole west coast would be covered with bee graveyards. Well
0: you reach a point where there aren't enough bees left to 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 bury the dead and do the gravestones, so
4: You mean bees are dying at a rate faster than they can be buried?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: I think that's supposed to be
0: what we're seeing. I mean, that's the only explanation.
4: That's it. That's it. The lack of
0: bee cemeteries. Right. We've reached the tipping point is what I'm
4: saying. We've reached reached peak bee cemetery. Uh, (laughs) Right. So anyway... uh, (laughs) So, so military and then if you don't go for military you can go for economic economic is to collect berries which are stationed stations the wrong word um, the berries are um, uh, they start out in different piles around the screen and as a drone you can go I guess technically your worker drones is drone is drone a more generic term for every kind of bee I don't know my bees very well uh, but anyway drone or, or worker you can go pick up a piece of uh, a berry or a piece of pollen, whatever it is, and go jump up to the top uh, to your nest and plop it into one of the holes. And if you fill up all the holes, you win. That's option two.
0: Which we never, no one ever achieved that (laughs) victory. In fact, I think every time we played, I only ever saw military victories, although we got close to the other two.
4: It's possible you were playing with really good players.
0: It could be. I know I was not a good player. I never became a soldier or a queen because i'm terrible at that kind of game. I can barely
4: jump, like pick up a berry and then
0: jump to the next platform. Like i'm just I'm kind of a spaz with the uh...
4: There are people in that office who play on league teams, who practice all the time and oh, then wow. go to the arcade to play. Yeah, it's a little too much.
0: Yeah, I was out of my depth.
4: But there. um but then the third way is the snail, and the snail is great because the snail is a way to distract the other team from what they're doing um, or if they don't get distracted it, it's a way to win um, the snail sits on the bottom of the screen and he moves very slowly as snails do and he has spout on his back for one rider and if it's you if you're a drone you can jump on the snail and move him very slowly towards your side of the screen if you get him all the way there you win it's very easy to prevent you from riding the snail. You don't, a soldier or the queen just has to come down and, and, and attack you or scare you and, and make you run away. And, uh, and then that'll be the end of the snail for a while. But that distracts them. If that's what they do, then other thing, then put, First of all, they're making themselves vulnerable by being at the bottom of the screen. Um, but also it prevents them from doing other things that they have to do, to do in the game, like attack the other, the other uh, queen. Um, so it's a great balancer. Um, and it makes the game very elegant. And that and
0: tended fun. to be my role. Cause that was all I was good for Was go ride the snail. That's, that's pretty much my speed. Yeah. I'm more, more of a lit. turn-based, uh, game player. If you haven't noticed. Um, so yeah, I liked riding the snail. That was fun for me. So now that we've gone in depth into the, the gameplay, um, for this game that you've already described, nobody's ever going to be able to play.
4: <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> you can look up videos on it. <laughs> um,
0: so let's spend a little more time. So, um, so you said it was rock paper scissors. So how does like which one defeats which one?
4: What's the well, order? Well, I there? wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's very ex- explicitly rock paper scissors. I mean rock paper scissors in the sense that it's a cyclical strata oh, Cyclical is the wrong word. It's a. Um, it's not hierarchy. whatever the opposite of hierarchical is so hierarchy means you know there'd be a, a strategy that's empirically better than the rest there's no single strategy that's better than the rest because if you focus on let's say military that's gonna leave the snail open and you can go uh, ride the snail to victory or if you focus on snail you know someone will just come keep killing you someone on the other team will keep killing you the the entire time. You've got a, you've got, it's a dynamic strategy situation, just like a lot of great board games. Um, You have to change your tactics as you uh, react to what the other team is doing.
0: So it's almost like responding to opportunities dynamically um, rather than identifying, okay, they're doing berries, we should be soldiers. They're doing soldiers, we should do snail. It's not like,
4: no, exactly. And, and, and the other thing is, like it's, it's very fluid hard. To, it's very fluid. And it's very hard uh, as a team member to be playing the game and also strategizing. Because, first of all, sometimes you're playing with people you don't know. Um, how can you pay attention to where five people are on the screen at the same time? How do you coordinate them all to do, to do what you want them to do? Will they even pay attention to you? Um, it's, it's always uh, my problem. Yeah,
0: in any setting.
4: And so, um, so sometimes you have to go uh, take matters into your own hands and uh, just make your make a decision based on how you think uh, the the game is going for your team. And sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't.
0: I mean, the big thing is, unlike most cabinet video games, you know, like the original Gauntlet, you might fight over who gets to be the warrior or something, but um, the queen is like clearly the best one
4: well sure so you know i mean so
0: there's there might be some negotiation over who gets to be the queen
4: oh yeah but very often you don't want to be the queen because it's a lot of responsibility
0: it's kind of an alpha you know if you're an alpha female hopefully but maybe alpha male then you might just take charge and say i'm the queen
4: you might you might but if Listen you Listen up. Uh, I'm the you, queen. <laughs> is, that, is that your imitation of an alpha that's, male?
0: That's my that's I think that's what they sound like? Yeah. Yeah.
4: You're right. I wouldn't know but I think you're right. Um uh yeah, but you'll get kicked out of your spot pretty pretty quickly if you don't, you know, if you don't um, bring your A game.
0: Now, that or would you, be a good Hey, wait, wait, mechanic.
4: wait, wait. Uh Siggy. Yeah. Or your B game.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 I, get it. I wish I, you know, you get a, you get a little prize, you get a little prize
4: for that one. Is that where you put in the cartridge and play the honking horn sound?
0: <laughs> yeah, I need to, I need to set up my carts. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay, so that was, that was the party. That was New Year's Eve. Um, they were making the drinks pretty strong there uh, and I had one too many so I was a little late getting to day of games the next day and
4: uh, we're not late
0: later than I intended to be I had to hydrate I had to rehydrate it was one of those things where uh, I woke up and I just woke up because I had to go to the bathroom I'm like oh I feel fine Feels no problem. We went to the bathroom, like we got back in bed and like I'll just rest here for a little bit. Oh, I should drink some water. And as soon as I drink the water, like, oh shit, my stomach. You know? Oh no. It's like uh I I reminded my body
4: Right um, that it was dehydrated.
0: Before then it, I felt felt perfectly fine. But you know, good uh runny egg sandwich and ten glasses of water later and I was good to go. Brilliant. So get uh incredible day of games. And, uh, sit down. I'm just going to run through, for people who like games, I'm going to talk about the games I played at Incredible Day of Games. So, first one was this game you had I'd never seen or heard of called Splendor. And it was very splendid. Uh, it was a good game. It was one of those, uh, kind of minimal theme, uh, you know, elegant kind of gameplay, like abstract gameplay kind of games where, um... Uh, you're essentially it's it's kind of like it's kind of like Dominion in the sense that you're building sort of an economic engine to try to get victory points. Right. So yeah, like the kind of the very loose theme is that you're a like a a, a Florentine trader, you know, one of the Medici's. That's what the artwork seemed to be suggesting. Um. And, uh, you know, you, you gotta, you're, you're buying mines and then you're trying to turn those mines around to buy, uh, like uh, merchant houses or ships or something. And then like get up to the big boy ones. It's like, you're just trying to like accumulate assets so you can buy the medium sized assets so you can buy the big assets and just get a lot of victory points and, and win. Um, and I don't know how. I'm not. How, how, is there any better way to describe it than that? I mean, I don't want to get into it in too much detail. It's this isn't a board game review show.
4: Sure. It's yeah. It's pretty. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good uh, summarization of the game. Um, but what makes it elegant is the balance. Um, they must have tested the hell out of it because it seems to just be so elegantly balanced that the cards that you. The cards that you need cost just a little bit more uh, than the cards that are available to you. So you kind of have to you have to make some hard decisions about your um, resource collection strategy or your engine building strategy. Um, but yeah, the basic me- mechanic is is there's a currency. The currency is split up among five uh, jewel types. Um, The currency buys you engines, buys you buildings, which are engines for generating more currency faster. Um, And then with this, with this collection of, with these collections of buildings, which adhere to the theme that you mentioned, um, you ultimately can buy the influence of um, some of the upper class. I forget what they call them. The uh,
0: nobles. The nobles,
4: that's right. No, it is nobles. Um, which are worth points. So some of the buildings are worth points, and some of the nobles are worth points. And then there's an end game, which is triggered by a certain th- point threshold. Um, and every time I played, it's been it's been very close. So um,
0: I, uh, I I think I was the first to figure out because the, there's five nobles, and um, you you don't so much buy their influence as earn it when you've already accumulated assets and each noble likes certain, cause like you said, there's different kinds of currency you collect. There's five different kinds and each noble likes three of those five. And you have to have a certain number of, uh, of uh, assets in each of those colors. And I, I think I was the first one to figure out, Oh, well there's just like pick a noble that you're going to shoot for only get assets in those colors and only uh, buy assets that cost those colors, <laughs> so you're just concentrating on three colors and ignoring in the other two. Um,
4: Did that work for you?
0: And it, well, I, I yeah, I won like by a two thirds margin, so I oh, no. or a one third, yeah, it's really, like you played a 15 and the next closest person had 10 when I won. Oh, and um, interesting, so yeah, I kind of kicked ass, and it was. You know, I, I was in the splendor. I was feeling the splendor. So that was a good go. game. But that was a nice, quiet, like, 20, 30-minute, kind of quiet, like, meditative kind of game where it doesn't require a lot of table talk. And So if you're in for a, kind of a chill game experience that just has kind of pretty colors um, and a nice rhythm to it, uh, and, and it's very non... it's It's, it's not... Confrontational, it is like, oh shit, you just took the thing I was building up for. That happens a lot in the game. Like, you know, I'm saving up for this one card and someone else steals it in front of me. So not changed my plan. But other than that, not a very confrontational game, so
4: Yeah, there's not a lot of interaction. There are ways to kind of predict what your opponent's gonna do and and cock block them, if I may say so. Sure. Uh, uh, yeah. But but that was the
0: sound of uh you didn't need to our listeners just heard that sound, but, um, I can see you on the video and, and you didn't need to demonstrate what you meant.
4: um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I I have, I've, I'm incapable of saying the word cock blocking without literally blocking a cock.
0: Yeah. And you know, I mean, that was like auto block cocking.
4: Yeah.
0: Auto cock blocking in that auto is in the self. Um,
4: Right. so oh we, that was
0: so we did that game and then uh uh and then you showed me this game i hadn't seen called kingdom builder which had the same kind of um quiet meditative quality to it although it was a very different kind of game it had it was kind of abstract although it has a little more of a, a concrete theme to it so kingdom builder it worked really well two players which is why you recommended it because i found one person to play with and uh, then I played it again immediately after with four players, and it worked equally well, even though, uh, like, none of the the game board and the assets, nothing changed. You just add two more people, and you don't have to, like, reconfigure the game, and it worked just as well, which seemed really surprised me, because you'd think normally, you know, uh, if in a four-player game, you have half the resources that you have in a two-player game, or the board is half as big, or something, you know, something gets changed, but... In Kingdom Builder, that wasn't true. And in Kingdom Builder, it's very simple. There's uh, five land types, terrain types, um, and you're just trying to extend your kingdom. You you have like little house tiles or you know settlements, whatever. You draw uh, a terrain type, and you have to place three settlements adjacent to each other, adjacent to your existing uh, kingdom, and you're restricted to that to that terrain type. Um, and so you know you're, but if you have no more room in that terrain type to build adjacently into your existing kingdom, then you can like jump to another place on the map where that terrain type exists. Am I explaining that right?
4: Yeah, yeah, it w- what's nice about the the game is that the the rule set is very short, and um, I'm very I'm a big fan of of games that are that are seemingly complex. Uh, based off of very few rules. Um, and and I think Kingdom Builder does that nicely. So yeah, so the main rule of Kingdom Builder is you must build adjacent. Um, and so the other rules are a little bit more dynamic, but that rule is, is constant. Um, so with that rule, and then the rule of whatever card you took, meaning whatever domain, uh, whatever, sorry, whatever territory you you took off the pile, territory type you took off the pile, randomly um you have some now very firm constraints about where your next uh, house can go Um, meaning it must go in the terrain type that you pulled and it must go next to other houses of um of your color
0: and you have to plan ahead because right it's actually to your advantage to run out of room in a certain way so that you can now select a a a better location somewhere else in the map, especially if your opponent has kind of hemmed you in, which is um, kind of a strategic cock blocking move you can do.
4: Yep. It's true. And so that's one flaw of the game is that as a first timer, if you make the wrong move at at the very beginning, you'll be screwed for the rest of the game. Um, But if you can get past that, then um, initial placement is very important. And then, yeah, you want to find places where you'll run out of room quickly that allow you to expand. That's actually not always true because the other thing with the game that's really elegant is the only way to score points are through three mechanisms that are drawn at random. Out that's, of a pile, this is
0: the coolest part of the game, yeah.
4: Out of, uh, out of a pile of mechanisms. And there's probably, what, a dozen mechanisms that you can pull from. So, you know, you do the permutational math. Uh, three of 12. Um, you're rarely going to play with the same set of three. And uh, and they're and they're radically different, and so you have to play your strategy uh, accordingly.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So That's a nice another nice uh, quiet game, um, and one where you didn't have to pay much attention to what your opponent was doing, except where they were trying to cut you off. So um, nice low key kind of game, very very pleasant and satisfying. Played it twice, did not win either time.
4: Um, still recommending it.
0: No, I was yeah, it was very fun. Very fun. Uh, then we played Fibbage. Now this was the hit. This is the consensus hit of the day. I think everyone uh pretty much agreed on that. Uh Fibbage is pretty much Balderdash. If you've ever played Balderdash, it's um except instead of being a card game and uh one participant having to alternate being the the judge the one who you know who knows what the real answer is but also reads everybody's fake answer um and so kind of sits out of the guessing that round uh instead it was well it's basically it's a pc game it's kind of like you don't know jack but for balderdash um so you know so you were running it off of your uh What's that thing Gary Busey is talking about in that commercial? The Amazon fire?
4: Wow. I did not know Gary Busey was talking about my TV setup on it's the commercial. It's a really,
0: uh, yeah, don't watch football because you'd have to see that commercial about once an hour.
4: Um, it's, look uh, at it's his my, teeth. <laughs> it's on my Amazon fire TV stick.
0: But you can get it for other – can, can you get it for you Apple TV? You get it for TV? most
4: platforms. It's on – no. Apple TV doesn't have gaming um, apps. Well, they're dumb. It, I know. Everyone thinks it's dumb. Uh, it's – okay. So it's on – as far as I know, and I'm not looking up right now, but I, as far as I know, it's on Xbox, PlayStation, Apple um, – sorry. It's on Xbox, PlayStation, Amazon Fire TV, and on Steam for Windows. I, and I think it's coming – to Steam for Mac soon enough.
0: And so it's, uh, so you you basically start a game session and up to nine people can join the game session and the way they... Eight eight people. Eight people. And the way you do it is on your phone or your iPad, whatever, Um, but it's pretty cool to do it on your phone. You uh, just go to the website and you punch in the little code that's on your screen for, you know, the room that you're in for the session. And you, you join. And now your phone is your controller, your input device into the game. So, that you know, that's how you you interface with it. And it's pretty neat. I mean, the, the gameplay was a lot of fun. The presentation was a lot of fun. It's basically every round there's some question. You know, somebody picks a category. Uh, and there'll be some question on the screen which... Uh, um, what was a good one?
4: Uh, what was the name of the first monkey in space? What
0: was the name of the first monkey in space? And it often be like a blank, like the name of the first monkey in space was blank. So you kind of get the grammatical context correctly, and uh, and then everyone has like thirty seconds to, as the in the parlance of the game, enter your lie. Um, once I happen to know the answer to a question and uh, actually more than once. And one time it like recognized that I typed in the correct answer and it told me that's the right answer. Type in a different one. Right. Um, And then one time it didn't, (laughs) it didn't like match it. It didn't dictionary match it because I used uh, a different wording than, than they did, which was weird. Um, So then you, uh, then it shows everyone's guesses in a grid and then everyone has 30 seconds again to pick which one they think is the, the true answer, right? And then as soon as you enter your answer for that, then it shows all the responses except for the one you entered. And then you can like them. And it's like uh, checkboxes, so you can like more than one. So, you know, you can give the one you thought was the most likely serious answer, but then you can kind of give votes to everyone's funny what you thought were the funniest or more cleverest uh, answers. And uh, and it just goes like that. And then it has like a really cool dramatic presentation where, you know, it shows an answer. Then it shows everyone who guessed that one. And then it shows whose answer, whose response that was. So who's going to get all the points for those for those wrong guesses. and uh, And it just presents it in kind of a dramatic way. And then, you know, one of them eventually will come up and then it'll flip over this one was the truth and so um anyone who guessed that one they get their they get their money uh, extra points and uh it was just uh it was really cool it was really fun we played it about what eight times total
4: <laughs> did we really yeah yeah we played it a lot yeah we did um and uh boy i got
0: a on a hot streak with that game
4: yeah you did um, you were you were solid. I mean, it's a, it's a perfect nexus of your skills, lying and telling funny jokes,
0: and so. knowing the
4: truth. <laughs> and then, well, uh, did, well, did you did you really know any of those? I, I knew a lot
0: of them, or I really? I, could, I sussed out a lot of them. That's where I got a lot of my points. Oh, okay. Um, and so I was starting. My dominance was getting to the point where I was feeling bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not even gonna try, to. Uh, give realistic responses to things. I'm only going to go for jokes and just go for likes because you get at the end, you, you know, whoever got the most conventional points uh, was the winner. But then whoever got the most likes got the thumb cup. Um, and they, very often the person in last place gets the thumb cup because they're just going, um, you know, I mean, it's a good tactic. Once you're already in last place, halfway through the game, you might as well just go for laughs because you're not going to be able to catch up. Um, well, it's,
4: it's a brilliant move by the developers because when you play these games, it's often it's you're often torn because you want to be funny, but you also want to be uh, you want to try to win. Um, so this gives you validation. Like if you're the if you're the kind of person to go for the the laughs, you there's a way to um, quantify how <laughs> how successful you were at that.
0: Yeah, and that was always a good mor- Good moment every round when. Um, it would throw up the grid of all the responses and there'd always be a big laugh as people are kind of processing uh, all the things that they're saying. And, and I mean, it's just kind of the way that the questions are designed that most of the, the questions are about kind of silly things. Right. Like, uh, what's the name of um, the inventor of X-Lax?
4: Really? Was that one of them? Yeah,
0: that was one of them.
4: What's the, uh, what do they call the Hokey Pokey in Britain?
0: Yeah, that was a good one. Uh Uh, still Sylvester Stallone's uh, high school teachers voted him most, likely to, most likely to blank.
4: that was amazing. That was a good. Usually, we, we should not reveal the answer. No,
0: no, I won't. But um, but yeah, there were some people had very funny suggestions, and then the answer was often kind of incredible on its own. Uh, so so the so the game where I decided just to go for laughs uh, and not even put anything credible, but if I couldn't think of anything funny, that funny, I would try to make something funny and credible and then for the last round I played it serious because it's like we're double points just for the final round, and so I came back from last place and won I got the thumb cup and won that one It was, it
4: was, it was, it was remarkable so and depressing
0: that, I was like, it was just I was in the zone. I was on fire. Yeah, it was like Jordan with the flu. I couldn't
4: miss. Was Jordan with the flu? Was he? Was he? Was he also really funny? That <laughs> game. Was he really? Was he throwing zingers left and
0: right? You know, Jordan. I mean, he was known for being funny. He was just always funny. He
4: he was rewarded he was, the most. The most chuckle chuckle worthy player.
0: He was always pulling people's pants down and <laughs> stuff like that uh, so that was so that was a uh, kind of a new type of game the uh, what do you call that what would be that genre game the exactly
4: I'm trying to come up with a name for it not come up with one but I'm trying to like figure it out It's I, not I, a
0: video game it's, it's kind of a media based party game
4: it's a it's a distributed uh, party game. It's it's not fun a more fun way to describe it either. I I don't know, but it's distributed in the sense that everyone's using their own devices. It's centralized in that there's a TV that everyone looks at to watch to follow the instructions, um, and it's a party game. So we we played that quite a bit, but we also played
0: one that. Whatever that definition is, it's another game that would fit that same definition, uh, which you are developing. Exactly. Called Read the Room. Right? That's right. And so this was, this was interesting. So this, was, this is almost more of um, a social experiment than a game. Right. Where, same kind of thing, everyone's controlling on their phone, interacting with a screen. And up on the screen comes some kind of provocative question, and uh, and and you were what you've implemented has all been true false questions, but you could do this multiple choice. I was I've yeah. been thinking about this, um, and so like the the one I keep thinking about was um, very of the moment. Uh, did Adnan do it? So, you know, you knew your audience. You you know, you you read the room before.
4: That's right. There was anyone I'm, in the room I met a Reddit.
0: You you knew that people attending would tend to be serial fans, followers of the serial podcast. Um and uh and so it'd be true false. So everyone, you know, anonymously gives their uh their response. And some of them were questions were a little more sensitive, like have you been in a threesome? Something like that. Um have you farted since this event started? Um. And uh, so you are supposed to, you know, we're trusting you that you're not gathering personal information. So there's a <laughs> there's a there's a some trust issue at at play to make this game work. Um, some way to engineer trust. I don't know how you do that. And then uh, then you've collected everyone's anonymous responses, but then each person then is supposed to guess. What percentage of respondents will will respond true?
4: Right, exactly. So you're both, and you're that's both the read the room part. Exactly. So there, this this polling idea is not new. Uh, there's been apps that do that for over a decade, uh, originally with SMS, where you would text, you would text. Something to one number if you agree or something to another number if you disagree or if it's true or if it's false. Um, and this would be up on a screen in a bar and they'd be asked provocative questions or dumb questions about sports. And anyway, collect the data and then voila, that's the end of it. You can just see these numbers tally up and be interested in the results if they're interesting or ignore them if they're not. The, the spin on this is that it's that plus a bit of, uh, a bit of wagering. Um, you're wagering um, no actual currency, but you are wagering how much, you're making a wager about how many people in the room will side with one side of the uh, issue or the other, uh, will agree with the statement or or not. Um, and, uh, and it's an economic, it's a little economic um, mystery. We actually had an economist in the room that, that when we played it he was fascinated by it uh, because very often um, the average, the mean guess would track very closely to the actual uh, answer. Um, so, if you can imagine, like uh, the question would be something like, uh, "Did you believe on? An- Do you believe that Anand is guilty?" Let's say the actual answer was. 35%, meaning 35% of the people in the room picked true, the average guess about what percentage of the room would say true was somewhere close to that, maybe 40, maybe maybe 30. Um, and this wasn't always true, but it was fascinating to see trend-wise people, uh, the room as an average on a whole uh, would very closely, be very close to accurate. And I think the more people you get, the economic theory tells you that people's predictive power in aggregate is pretty good. But that doesn't make the game fun. What makes the game fun is that the prompts, hopefully, are fun uh, to think about and to guess about. And so it gives you a chance to be like, I mean, especially if you're doing provocative stuff with adults, uh, you can ask things about questions about sex and masturbation. And then you get to think about your sex neighbors. And sex.
0: masturbation.
4: Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Both kinds. Get, right. <laughs> exactly. And it can so be get... like
0: conversation starters. Like if it isn't a bar while you're waiting for the response, it, it might trigger a conversation at your table.
4: Exactly. Like what kind of masturbation do you like, Julie? You know, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Masturbation, I've heard of that. Has anyone here heard of that? can tell me more but i th- I, th- I think there's even more so so you, at the
0: end you know you, you get the result you see the percentage of the respondents. you saw what the the, the average guess was um, you know and then we talked about you were getting feedback from from your participants about what might happen and a big one was just that people wanted to know if they if they got the closest guess to the the correct percentage some kind of feedback on that yeah
4: and I've, I've actually implemented that oh you have yeah so the, this the game got played again last night at a bar and um, I wasn't there so I can't give you first-hand uh, feedback but my partner in this was there and he says that he had a lot of interesting thought uh, he says there were the, the gameplay was was fascinating because we had some predictions about how this would work with strangers and um, some of them got borne out and some of them didn't but I'm not you know we don't have to get into that but I will say that in in preparation, we did fix that one bug. So,
0: okay. So you there's, you now know. There's even more you can do with it, though. I think because the, the thing I kept wondering while I was playing it, because lots of times I would, I would vote true, but then I'd guess a very low percentage. I thought, well, I'm I think I'm an outlier on this one. You know, how often does that happen? How often does someone think that they're exceptional? compared to their peers? And how often do people think that they're in line with their peers? And then how often is that true?
4: Right. And that's actually not that hard to calculate. So when someone says true, but guess is a low percentage, that's worth pointing out. Um, you know, we got to be tricky, uh, or sorry, it's tricky. We got to be careful because we try to divorce the actual answer from the guess as much as possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, because we don't want anyone to feel at all that there's a risk that they'll be outed for any answer of any question. Even if the risk isn't there um, or the possibility isn't there, if they think that the risk is there, then they'll hedge their answers and they won't be truthful. And then the game falls apart.
0: Right. Yeah. It all depends on that, that honesty and the response. Um, also, it, I thought it'd be interesting, you know, if you kept gathering as, as more and more people play this, you, you gather the aggregate data, right? then you could also get in the response screens like where this room measures against everyone else who's answered this question over time in your game you know for sure or or how do the how do the responses track over time like if you were to you know if you keep asking the adnan did it you know just in the last week we've had uh, responses from the prosecuting attorney and uh and jay has given his side of the story and you know, like, does that, does that move the needle on on uh, where people think, how people think about Adnan? This is uh, the Siggy e. Lama Show starring Sigmund Lamar. We discussed Blood Bowl and the Serial podcast. And uh, now a bunch of other games also that aren't Blood Bowl. So that was Read the Room. So I'd look for that in a bar near you. Someday, somehow, how are you going to roll this out? Like, how are you going to package I, this? No,
4: we, we don't know what we're going to do. Um. Like originally we we built this on a whim because it was it was Andy's idea my partner and he um sex partner true or false
0: this uh, is totally anonymous. I
4: predict that 60% of the room will say true.
0: Yeah, okay. That's fair.
4: Yeah, so we didn't really have any idea about where we would take this. Um we built it on a whim. We both have other things going on and uh what we weren't sure if it was going to be fun or not. And so we thought we'd check to see if it was fun. And then uh, talk about where to take it from there. Now that we think it's fun, we've gotten some feedback that it's fun, uh, we have some decisions to make about where to take it. We could make it, uh, we can t- continue to build it as a as a bar game. We could try to package this differently for home use. We could try to make it something that's on a much bigger scale so that individuals are playing it against mostly strangers from around the world. Um, those are sort of the three main paths that we see as, as viable options. So we don't know.
1: That's
0: the answer. Uh, sounds cool. It so was fair. cool. It was it was interesting to do. Um, yeah, like I I think there's a lot of data you're gathering there, and it could be presented in some interesting ways. So what else did we do? We played the pit, which is yeah. just a game with lots of yelling, and <laughs> uh, and thinking fast. And so I was terrible at that. It's just a Ew. yelling game. You're like you're it, you're supposed to be in like the 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 trading pit. Of the commodities exchange.
4: Yeah, it's a it's an old old game. It's probably the oldest game we played.
0: Yeah, it was a good one. I was I was never came close to winning <laughs> that, and I don't like being yelled at. And uh, then we played utter nonsense, a game which, when it was described to me, it sounded like it was not going to be fun at all. Totally agree. Uh, it's another apples-to-apples, cards-against-humanity type of gameplay. So someone's the judge. They pull a deck, a card from the judging deck, and this deck is... All, all it is is accents. Different kinds of accents. And uh, everyone else has in their hands cards with kind of silly phrases on them. It's usually a two or three sentences, actually. Um... There it is. You're holding it in your hand. And uh, and everyone goes around and they have to select one card to read in the assigned accent. They have to pick the text that they think would be funniest for them to, to deliver in that accent. And everyone goes around and does it, and then the judge picks the one that they liked the best for whatever reason. Whether they thought it was the most convincing accent, the best marriage of text to... Context, or whatever uh, effort, <laughs> and uh, and it actually, it actually was my most my most f- memorable part of the day. Um, I mean, some of the accents were kind of straightforward, and it's funny, like we just shuffled the deck, but uh, they kept getting the accents kept getting more kind of out there the longer we played the game. Okay, so the first accent was redneck, and uh, you know I had a card, I had a bunch of cards, but one of them was about um, if I ever win the lottery. So I did an accent like this: If I ever win the lottery, I'm gonna stand up on the table at work and pull out my Peter and do a a penis helicopter. I don't know what it was, a Willy helicopter. And it was just kind of like a silly thing, but you know I'm like, oh wait, rednecks play the lottery and. Don't they all play the lottery? All, all, by, all the ones I'm related to play the lottery and talk about playing the lottery a lot and exchange lottery tickets for Christmas gifts. It's, um, it's a big deal. So that just seemed to fit. And, uh, and as our mutual friend Levi pointed out, they also make elaborate plans for what they'll do if they win the lottery. So it just seemed to, to match the subject. Um, but then other uh, accents, like there's uh, a gang member... Um, so, you know, you kind of had to navigate some racial waters there. Like, do we, what assumptions do we want to make about a gang, a gang member? Uh, the card actually said gang banger, um, which I wanted to be careful to say that I was looking for gang members and not participants in a gang bang. Uh, cause I didn't want to, didn't want to get into that. Um, but then, uh, like there were some real kind of left field ones like mime. So that was a challenge because none of these cards had straightforward text on them. And then there was the kind of the ultimate accent, which was orgasm, the orgasm accent. Um, and I, uh, <laughs> you yeah.
4: From, I took some liberties <laughs> from the from the country of Orgasma. Um <laughs> They all have a very pe- peculiar, and they're very sensitive about it. They might think it's racist, but I don't know. It's a party game.
0: Yeah. Cool. They're, uh, they're like, uh, oh, 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 why are you making fun of me?
4: You know. <laughs> and they fall asleep.
0: <laughs> you can't tell, it, like. You can't tell if they're enjoying it or if they're offended by it. That's the thing. It's like, I thought you were kind of getting off on on my imitation of you.
4: That's how I always talk. Stop talk. Stop imitating me.
0: <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, so that was fun. That was a lot of fun.
4: If You have yeah. to be with the so right anyway, group of people. You're
0: being...
4: Well, we only have one data point but i agree with you i uh i think the the game worked because we were it, we were with a crowd many of whom were willing to commit to the to the bit and you're being too humble uh you dominated dominated this game especially the orgasm round
0: well i um, I, I, I i i had the uh advantage of going early in the round and uh i committed <laughs> my <laughs> I, I did not hold back in my commitment to the bit. I had yeah, full commitment to the bit.
4: <laughs> I, I think just to put your listeners at ease, let's just say you had 90% commitment. You could have gone one extra step. Well, that you
0: okay. I did not, um, right. I, I was not doing
4: method. <laughs> right. Right. So anyway, uh, so the game brought me to tears. Um, many times, especially your moment of, um, of climax. Um, and,
0: uh, it was more than a moment. I, I sustained that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's true. It's really what made it so special was that it lasted for so long, (laughs) but yeah, uh, uh, it was, it was great. And I even won a card, which is astonishing to think about. Uh, I think I I think I committed to the French, accent really well your pantomime was my favorite thank you i um, was proud of that i was the only pantomime and i was going to say this earlier you were saying that the mime round was inscrutable because our our, our sentences were so complex there's no way they'd be expressible in mime i was the only one whose whose mime bit was guessable everybody
0: Someone... knew exactly what happened
4: exactly uh,
0: after your pantomime i thought you should have won based on that
4: thank you thank you
0: um, but yeah, no, we had a good game and like, uh, it turns out a couple people, I figured this out, uh, a couple of rounds into the game. A couple of other people are like improv troop members. Uh, so that really helped. Um, they, uh, you, you kind of need everyone to, uh, make you feel like it's permissible to, to go all out in this game. And, uh. And the improv folks were uh, definitely unreserved, so I felt I felt I had a safe space to to express myself in, which really you need that for this game to work.
4: Yeah, yeah. The safe was definitely uh, the space was definitely safe uh, for you. I was under the added pressure of having to perform with my mom in the room. Your mom was in the room, and then uh,
0: when I was trying to do my pantomime, uh, which was vulgar. <laughs> Um, your son was like <laughs> draped over your shoulders watching me. It's true. So I was like, oh, okay, I got to, I got to rotate it. my body so he can't see exactly what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, no, you, you did, you did admirably under those conditions and your in-laws, uh, were there too. That's true. Which, uh, yeah. So that was it. That was international. Day game so check out those games um, invite me to play with you because I, I won uh, most of them <laughs> <that> I, <played.
4: laughs>
0: I had a good day I had a good day um, better than I've been having at Blood Bowl lately but that's another episode or maybe later this episode I mentioned your offices in Cards Against Humanities offices your, your workspace there yeah. Uh, we only hinted at why you might be renting space there. I also hinted at these puzzle hunts that I've been on you with the the dash one, which is kind of a nationally, mm-hmm. or is it internationally organized?
4: I, I don't. They run it in several uh, cities. I
0: think it simultaneously. is. Simultaneously.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and that's where I met Max from Cards Against Humanity. You, you, and Max, and I, and uh, Greg. The designer of Threes, the the mobile game uh, of putting numbers next to other numbers and sliding kind of them around, Ad- addictive them. game. Uh, did I tell you the first time I was playing Threes for a while? The first time I let Floyd, my seven year old son, play it, he beat my high score. That really the first pissed me time. Off. The first time he played it, he beat my high
4: score. What was that? What was your high score? I don't remember. My highest what?
0: number I got to was uh, ninety six, and he, what's double ninety six? He got two ninety sixes 96s next to each other. I think
4: it's nine hundred and sixty.
0: Well, no, because it doubles and <laughs>
4: yeah, right, a hundred and something. Yeah,
0: he, he, yeah, he, yeah, he, he beat my high scores first time. That really pissed me off.
4: This is why you shouldn't have kids.
0: And it even like uh, it's in my profile, so it says it's. Has my name next to the score, so it even feels like dirty.
4: What feels dirty? Oh, you mean yeah, someone his... else? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like you no, ruined my. I just my... got to work harder now. No, I just I stopped playing.
0: <laughs> You'd think that would give me drive, but that that would feel very petty to like I have to be better than my son. You know, like that's just supposed to naturally happen for another five years at least. I should hope. Anyway. So is a long, uh, this is a long wind-up to talk about your new exciting venture called Mystery League. That's right. Not the League of Mystery.
4: No. What's that?
0: I keep wanting to call it that, the League of Mystery. The League of Mysterious Gentlemen. It's not that. It's the Mystery League. Um, so you've been organizing puzzle hunts just for fun. Right. Well, you've been writing puzzles just for fun for how? who knows how long. You had your Tumblr, The Puzzler. You were The Puzzler. And, uh, you know, you had your Twitter feed as The Puzzler, where you would, you know, just make up puzzles and you'd publish them and people would try to solve them in the comments. Right. And uh, And then you'd have these kind of day-long parties you'd invite friends to. They started out, like, in the park. And then it was around your neighborhood where you'd have stations, where people would go around the stations, and you'd have these puzzles set up. People had to solve these puzzles. The solution would be some piece of some larger puzzle. Right. And uh, teams are just kind of racing to solve the larger puzzle, and uh, and you would make you'd like organize these big day long events. Yeah. And. Uh, and you kind of got more and more ambitious with it. You, you had one all around your neighborhood where it was kind of integrated with different locations in the neighborhood. And then you, uh, then you had one in the art Institute of Chicago, which I didn't get to attend that one. So what was that yep. one like?
4: Well, uh, it was, it was like you say, it was, it was the first time that we had moved into a, uh, an interior space. And also usually the, up to that point, they had been outside. For five years, they had been outside. Um,
0: and the we here is you and your lovely wife,
4: Yeah, Sarah? Me and, me and my wife, Sarah, put it on. She's lovely. And, Don't forget to say that. Um, no, right. Yes, She's lovely.
0: There you go. Because she's going to listen to this.
4: <laughs> well, she or all her fans, you know, one of them will report back. Um. Uh, so, the Art Institute. So, yeah, I got a, it was a little bit of a coup. I had a, a connection on the inside of the Art Institute. Actually, it didn't take any permission. I could have done it without permission because it's not like I was manipulating anything in the environment or disturbing anyone. But anyway, I asked for permission and they gave it to me. And um, uh, yeah, it was like 50 people running around the Art Institute in teams solving puzzles. So, what um, were the,
0: like, give us an example of art because, you know, there's some famous works of art. Right. So, what was like? Did you have like? Uh, was it American Gothic? Was it an American Gothic puzzle?
4: Uh, no, there wasn't an American Gothic puzzle. Although there was a puzzle in the same part of the museum. I tried to split it up so that you got to experience a lot of the museum um, over the course of three hours. Uh, there was um, there was a puzzle that required you to look at um, pieces of fine pieces of art in the in a given gallery and come up with a pattern um, that. Describe a pattern that was printed for you in your guidebook, and you had to understand what that pattern meant um, based on the positioning of the art. There was another one that had you match up pieces of art in the Grand Master's Gallery, which are those paintings that are, you know, like 20 feet long. I mean, they're huge and gorgeous. And uh, 20 feet sounds excessive, but they're huge. Um, But you were given a, a, a... a collection of pictures, you know, the, the, the art itself. Um, the you art gave themselves. people the art? Now that yeah.
0: sounds like it's disturbing
4: though. No, no, no. It's fine. And then I also gave them the titles, but the titles were anagrammed um, with another letter inserted. Um, so you had to kind of match up the titles with the proper art um, and extract the, the extra letter. Um, there was one that made you look around the miniature room. There's a room that's got like a few dozen miniature uh, rooms inside of it uh miniatures you know like each each miniature room is probably a foot tall um and a foot long and you had to like look for a certain piece of information kind of to follow a poem there was a puzzle that required you to um match up pieces of art according to its their year of creation or maybe the, the year of birth of the artist and the year of death of the artist i'm being kind of abstract in these descriptions because it would take too long to describe them in detail. But I'm giving you a sense of what you're looking for. You're looking for patterns. You're looking for matching uh, parts of the descriptive text to the, the guidebook. Um, there was one that would played off of puns that I was able to create between the titles of the art and the artists and TV shows. Um, just this room had a whole bunch of titles or artist names that were very close in name to characters from TV it was really strange. So I built a, a puzzle around that. And I also built a puzzle and I guess I guess it's not spoiling much to say this. Um, one of my favorite puzzles of all time was a puzzle I made it I was able to do at the Art Institute because I had a volunteer who no one knew um, and that was key uh, work with me. and so the, the way the puzzle worked was you were given a poem that said more or less the following. It was more poetic, but I'll just describe to you the gist of it. Go into this room, look at all the art in the room, and find the woman who is not pouring water, who's not tending a flock, who's not doing her hair, who's not doing this, who's not doing that, who's not doing this, who's not doing that, right? Basically, it gave you a bunch of exclusions. And you go into this thinking, well, this is going to leave me with a piece of art, and that'll be the answer. Well, it turns out that after you cross off all the items in the list, nothing is left. So you think, well, we must have missed a piece of art or, or, or interpreted this poorly. So we'll do it again. So you do it again, and again, nothing is left. And so you get mad, and this is sort of what I feasted on back when I was doing puzzles back then. I've gotten more tolerant, more more uh, polite. I should say more... Uh, uh, less
0: hardcore. With yeah,
4: less tag. harsh. But anyway... Uh, you'd get mad and, you, and you, maybe you'd leave or, 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 or maybe not. Or maybe you would fi- you figure out that the answer is not, in fact, an art on the wall, but rather a person, an actual person sitting on a bench in that room. Because the, the paragraph doesn't say anything to preclude that possibility. Just you're, you've been primed so far to think that every piece of, every answer is a piece of art. And so you find this woman who's been staring at you for 10 minutes, Trying to get your attention silently, and uh, and you go up there and you say, "Wait, are you the answer?" And she says, "Yes." And then she she tells you the the thing that's supposed to go in the uh, in the blank. You and could so have had a button that said the answer. Just oh, be, like the, uh,
0: be like the aha moment.
4: That's clever. I should have done that. So if that was the art, excuse me. That was the art institute. Pinch yourself.
0: Pinch yourself real quick. Yeah. That's not where I meant, but okay. Um, so you've so you've designed all kinds of different puzzles, and you've described some hard ones, but you've also done you know you can design them for different levels of of participants.
4: Um, That's true, and and that was three puzzle four puzzle hunts ago, and they've gotten more streamlined and and more approachable since then.
0: And you've been doing this for a long time, like one of the one my favorite one I can remember of any of yours um, predates like smartphones because the puzzle was just an image of a, um, you know, like a flip phone (laughs) and it was um, like a text message, but it was just like some nonsense letters. Yeah. It was into the the face until like
4: nonsense words, nonsense
0: words. And so I finally figured out this is back when to send a text message, you used your keypad And, uh, you know, to, like, make an N, you had to hit the 5 or whatever it was and hit it twice because you had to go through the M and then the N. Um, And so I finally figured out, oh, wait, if I type in the message you've got here, my phone will autocorrect it to some real words or, like, suggest some real words and it spelled out some other message. It was just something like that where, you know, there was no explanation. It was just a picture of a phone with these letters on it. And you just had to make the leap. But well, if I type these letters into my phone, what am I going to see? And that was so. There's you know you're looking, you're trying to engage a certain level of intuition um, with some of these puzzles. So it's not all just like pattern, pattern recognition or, or working out uh, the clues. You have different, your different puzzles engage different parts of the brain. I mm-hmm. mean that's what I that's what I like about what you do.
4: Yeah, that's the goal, actually, is is every time I make one of these hunts, I have a spreadsheet of of all the puzzles, and one of the columns is puzzle type, and uh, I try to make that column as diversified as possible.
0: And it really works because, like you kind of suggested it, but you've got teams of people working together on these, and so different members of the team might be good at different kinds of puzzles, um, which kind of gets everybody involved, and increases Mm -hmm. the fun, Right. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you've been doing this for a long time, uh, just for your friends, but now you've got Mystery League, which is what? Tell uh, us about Myc- Mystery League.
4: Mystery League is my new company to um, bring puzzle hunts to um, a lot more people. Uh, it's intended to be a uh, company that sells. Excuse me. It's intended to be a company that sells puzzle hunts to businesses who want to put on events for their employees or for their client base or for their membership if they're a organization. That's the premise behind this: is that I would uh, put on an event for a group of people who know each other more or less, um, and it would either be custom designed for that. Um, group of people or it would be something off the shelf like one of the puzzle hunts that I've done in the past or anything that I add to my arsenal um as I go forward um I will also probably be doing more of these puzzle hunts directly to customers I will be putting them on and selling tickets the stuff that I've been doing for free for my friends for years um I will uh I'll put them on and and do them repeatedly so they get better and, and, and better those are two options uh Right now, there's a few more options that have arisen since since I started, and as I've been tracking down leads and talking to what people and seeing what interests them. One of them is to use my uh, use these skills as a consultant with for marketing efforts. Um, people who want to use <clears throat> puzzles to promote their product or their services, um, and not just traditional advertising, didn't really occur to me up front, but it is something that that appeals to me and I'm talking with one company already about doing that setting up a, a hunt for their customers another so avenue... it's kind
0: of like an integrated marketing kind of thing like um, like what, what, what was the thing that like TV shows used to do to yeah promote themselves like lost would have these uh, what would they call them
4: ARGs alternate reality yes that's it yeah
0: something kind of like that
4: something but not nearly that extensive uh, yet. Right. Like there are companies that do this for, um, for big, big brands like lost or AI, mm-hmm. the movie did this. Um, yeah, I, uh, I might get that into that business later on, but right now we're just talking about, um, local brands doing something in the city. And then, and then also I'm talking with a company with a theater company about putting on a room escape where, um, which well, is so you know, in case your listeners don't know what a room escape is, this is a, a trend that's been gathering momentum around the world. It's big in Eastern Europe, uh, huge in Eastern Europe. It's it's gaining momentum in in, in the states. Uh, it's a it's an event. The premise is you go to a space, you buy a ticket, usually with a group of people that you know, although occasionally a group of people you don't know, um, and you're put in a room and the room's locked and you're given an hour to get out. And to get out, you have to solve puzzles. And the puzzles lead to a key, and the key gets you out. Um, so these are huge, and there's only a couple in and Chicago. And like after an
0: hour, what, like the ceiling starts to <laughs> descend? The di- or
4: The Dianoga appears. Um, the Dianoga?
0: Uh, were- wasn't that a 90s math rock band in Chicago?
4: Yeah, but what was it named after? Uh, I don't know. The Trash Compactor Monster instead. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. That's right. I always figured it was some play on diagonal. Well,
4: the original name probably was. Oh. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so there's only a couple in Chicago, and so we want to put one on. So that's that's part of the plan. So those are the avenues that I'm exploring right now. All of them. But yeah, if uh, if if anyone listening sounds is a, is um, excuse me, if anyone listening is. Uh, interested in learning more, they can go to mysteryleague.com, and if they want to talk to me about it, I'd be happy to talk to them and and see if I can put something on for them.
0: Yeah, so if you you like puzzles and games and puzzle-based games and uh, you like the movie Midnight Madness, and you want to be Michael J. Fox or Eddie
4: Deason? Midnight Mystery Madness, and it was Michael Fox in the credits to that movie.
0: Oh, wow. Plane, that's that's uh, yeah, that's old school, so um, yeah, so give Mystery League a call. And uh, I've got an international listenership, would you accept international clients?
4: Yeah, if they want to fly me to wherever they are, absolutely.
0: If uh, can you the... do puzzles in uh, Norwegian or Danish?
4: Pretty sure puzzles is the universal language, Siggy.
0: Well said, well said. Okay, all right. So check out Mystery League and uh, and Puzzle On. And uh, any any last words? What's it going to take uh, to get you to try Blood Bowl?
4: It's going to take you explaining to me what it is.
0: Well, I I've, tr- I've tried. It takes it takes you and me sitting down for like 3 hours uninterrupted yeah, probably. There you go. That's
4: what it that's which, your answer. Which is harder you, to do. It takes us meeting in what grand rapids whatever is between halfway between us sure for 3 hours and um and then going home afterwards and then once i go home can i play from home is that how that works do you, you have could, a, like there's
0: oh. a java client you could play online for free
4: have we talked about hearthstone do you play hearthstone hearthstone hearthstone
0: hearthstone no it's hearthstone
4: it's a collectible card game on the, it's an, it's a electronic, uh, collectible card game.
0: Oh, a virtual. Yeah. Do you have to like pay virtual money that no. translates to real money?
4: Nope. You don't have to, although there is a, uh, a way to pay money to improve your deck, but you don't have to. Um, it's perfectly fun without it. It's fantastic. Don't, don't download it because you will uh, get addicted. Okay. It's, it's from told me about it. it. It's from, yeah, right. It's from blizzard. Um, who does World of Warcraft yeah. and it's all the same characters.
0: Yeah, they deal in addiction. That's their product.
4: Yeah, that's right. Right. So don't don't get involved. Um uh no, I really appreciate you having me on. It's been fun.
0: Sandy, I've enjoyed talking to you. I thought maybe we'll talk for like 45 minutes and here it is uh closing in on an hour and a half. So uh, we'll see. I might this might become a two-parter. I don't want to wear people out before you. I let you get to your big pitch.
4: Right, I'm excited. All right, any last words? Can I promote my podcast? Yes, yes, please do. I mean, I mean, the answer is yeah. Do whatever you want. I'll, I'll just edit it out. I mean, you can talk all <laughs> you can talk all night. I'll just turn off the computer.
0: You beat me to the punch because I was trying to think. Um, how could I get my kids involved? Like, could I build a podcast around my kids? And then you beat me to it. Yeah, you're already doing it.
4: I did it. With my kids, too. Oh, wait, those are your
0: kids. That's right.
4: That's right. I'd love for you to do it, too. I want more like this, because I think it's a really great um, structure for a podcast.
0: Well, And that structure is?
4: Right. So I have a podcast called The Zed Show, which is on iTunes. You can go to zedshow.co, and and it'll take you there, or you can just search your iTunes directory. Uh, We're also on Twitter, Zed Show. Um, It's a... uh, it's a pot I bill it as a podcast conversation between um, me and between myself and my two kids uh, Ezra who's five and a half and Zella who's almost four and it's mostly me and Ezra um, and it's very short uh, each episodes between five and eight minutes uh, and we we do this we have uh, we have the format is is two questions each or really it's Two questions from both sides. So two kid questions and two dad questions. Um, And the questions can be about anything, although usually the trend is that I ask Ezra something existential and he asks me something about how something is made. Uh, That's the trend. Um, And then we have a sponsor, and the sponsor is someone – sorry, the sponsor is a product or brand or experience that we've done or played recently. Uh, They don't know about it. They have not given us money. Um, But, you know – <clears throat> it's a minor detail, and it's a lot of fun. and it's teaching me about podcasting and it's actually been a great um, it's been a great excuse to get my kids' voices on audio. Um, and you know for record keeping sake. Um, you know, if we didn't have the podcast, I don't think we'd have the, the wherewithal to do it. Um, so, so I'm glad to have this record. Uh, for them to listen to in the future and for me to listen to in the future
0: and it's very cute it is cute you have cute kids thank you and uh and it's and you you mentioned it's short that we need more short podcasts right my um i need to get this podcast shorter i think my podcast would be better if it was shorter
4: yeah it's like the old line
0: if i had more time i would have written you a shorter letter
4: right right totally it it's... takes me more time now to edit it the more we re- well obviously the more we record but yeah I try to keep it short and it's hard
0: yeah it is hard easy to ramble on and on for an hour and a half much harder to be concise anyway Sandy thank you again and uh, maybe we'll find occasion to have you back on the Siggy Lama show
4: thanks for having me talk soon goodbye bye
2: Of the key to one wheat with the ball tick picks, but we picked up on a switch. What a bitch! He floats it underneath to Samaki Samaki fakes, but he doesn't take the shot. It's part of the play. They want a tray besides, you're bound to miss with a hand on your wrist. And the refs don't give a shit. It out, hide the Kaiser for the try. So Maki's hand is slapped. Kaiser must jump back to catch the fly before goes out of bounds and get trapped. He whips it up into the air. Desperately, it comes back down. Duan is standing there, wide open, straight away three. And he puts it up. to the Final Four.
0: I'm not like a Louisville fan or anything. Not even really a fan of college basketball. Just seemed appropriate. Let's talk about Dog Bowl. Dog Bowl 3 in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Way back in February. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Wonderful little tournament. I say little because it's a three-game tournament. In all other respects, it is a... A full-sized tournament, full full enjoyment was had by me. Tournament run by uh, the KBBL folks out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Randroid and uh, Jeff Furry did good a good job as always, um, and I was the defending champion. the The cast pack team, the Frozen Flames, were defending champions, so I brought them back, trying to retain the crown. Retain the dog bowl, as it were. And uh, decided to um, use the exact same build. The rules hadn't changed. Uh, It still gives a... I should say... uh, The rules give a little bump to Tier 2 teams and then a big bump to Tier 3 teams. So it's a rule set definitely designed to encourage uh, the use of the less used teams. So uh, when you see the you know the results of my chaos pack team against Tier one teams in this tournament that kind of helps explain it a little bit. Um, so I used the same build as last year, not a build I was crazy about this year when I saw it. I'm like, really, I won with with that, um but I didn't try too hard to think of a different one. I'm like, well, if it if it worked last time, uh dance with the one what brought you so that's what I did, and very briefly. Uh, So I had six Marauders, three with Block. Uh, I had the uh, Dark Elf, Phoenix Sundown, with Dodge. So he's my ball carrier. Had the um, Goblin, just naked. Skaven, Germfask with Wrestle. So safety and Sacker. Uh, Troll with Guard. Ogre with Block. Minotaur with Block. And... Two re rolls, two team re rolls, and that was it. That's the whole team. So really, just um, no, I'm sorry, three re rolls. So just uh, kind of smash them. So you know, we've got lots of block, five block on the team, uh, the one garter, uh, a wrestler for, on my speedster, so I can get something done on defense, and, uh, and an agility for ball carrier. And that was it. That, that's that's the team. So just kind of rolling with uh, some basic chaos-packed goodness. And uh, what happened? So round one, I drew Katie Music, Rowdy Katie, bringing Undead. So remember, Tier 1 teams are kind of penalized in this tournament. But she brought Undead, her uh, Winter is Coming team, which I never got to look at her roster to see if the players uh, have... Are they all, uh, you know, Game of Thrones? Are they all Northmen? Are they, uh, are they all Starks? Uh, you know, what's what's the deal? I I forgot to ask about that. We talked about the books. Um, I'm on. I'm about to finish book three. I was hoping to get ahead of the TV show before the the next season started, but looks like I'll be caught up to uh, about where the TV show is. So that's fine. That's fine t v show makes a lot of good improvements on the book. I enjoy the books very much, but t v show makes some some smart changes and they make changes. I could talk about the adaptation process uh at length, but that'll be another podcast so she's playing undead, and I don't remember how this went uh exactly because you know two almost three months ago and i you know I can barely remember how games went the next day uh I will say that there was a um a timing controversy, and I will accept full responsibility for this. Um, uh, I was playing slow as usual. The first half I think she was playing slow too. I I think we were both playing slow, but I was definitely playing the slower and uh, for the longer. Uh, So when we got to the second half, I started setting a timer for myself. So uh, when they called timer, they said like half an hour left, I set a timer on my Clock and I said or my on my phone, I said, okay, I'm gonna set this for uh 25 minutes. So I build in some, some extra time. And uh at some point they said they called 10 minutes, and then at some point after that, I swear they called 10 minutes again. When my timer had run down more than that. So I'm I'm taking my turns pretty fast at this point because I'm really trying to get the game in. And uh, I had got uh, a, a one point lead. Uh, I remember what happened. I kicked to her. I won the toss. I kicked to her. Um, she was upset that I kicked to her. She wanted to kick to me. And um, and I I got the ball off of her, uh, but I couldn't. There was a big scrum and the ball going back and forth and ended up nobody scoring in the first half. Couldn't swing it. Couldn't swing the play to to, to score. But then she kicks to me. I drive down. I score. Um. But I, I, you know, I score like on turn, my turn seven. So she would have gotten two turns to score, except I thought that they called 10 minutes again. I'm like, oh, I must have misheard the first time. Bad assumption. I should have assumed I misheard the second time. <laughs> I, I swear I heard it. And so I reset my timer again, um, which, which was a bad thing to do. Um, I relaxed a little too much on trying to take my turns quickly. I really wanted Katie to be able to get all her turns in and and to try to match the score. So, I ended up winning one nothing. Uh she got uh gypped out a, out of a turn or two turns and uh so big asterisk next to that next to that win. Uh she was out of rerolls. Um so I mean it was it was a long shot and I, you know, I had pl- I had I think I had 11 defenders. uh defender with. I was I was out hitting um, her in that game so I mean you know i I had a good shot at shutting it down but still you don't wanna you don't want do that and i I really and in my league I'm starting to play slow again too I really uh I really got over this is the thing I gotta work on um and not like and also like being decisive with my movements. It's not like fidgeting around. Like, okay, I'm gonna move my guy there. Oh wait, no wait. Let me think. uh maybe I'll move him over here. No, wait, wait, no. I like the first one better. Like, I gotta stop that shit. Um, so that's my, that's my development uh, as a player. I need to work on. I probably have said that before on this podcast because it's perpetually the thing I need to work on. It is just kind of not being a dick, uh, an annoying, an annoying opponent. So uh, so that was a, a one nothing win. Uh, round two, I drew Randoid. Randroid, not a Randoid. Um, he was playing humans. First time he was ever playing humans. So I got to play him in a second ever game as humans. Um, I've played a lot as humans. In fact, I've, I've played more games as humans in tournaments than as any other race. So, um, So that was cool. I don't often get to play against them. Uh, so that was fun, and, uh, he took a slightly unusual build, I think, I want to say that he had two catchers, and he didn't give either of them skills, you know, he gave guard on the four blitzers, um, he gave, he took a thrower with dodge, uh, which is not how, not what I've ever done, um... I I don't remember if his catchers had block and dodge or not it didn't matter because anything those catchers tried to do whether it was catch or dodge specifically they failed every single time and uh and their armor seven uh they felt they felt that so his his catchers let him down big time in this game um it was kind of a cakewalk um nothing against Randall as a coach it was really you know, if you're trying to run your offense through your catchers and your catchers can't catch the ball or, you know, if you can mark them and and they take themselves out of the game, then there's not much left to do. So um, so that was a two nothing win against Randall. He was a, he was a good sport. Um, so then moved on to uh, the the final round, round three against Wigwam, my league mate, Alex Bessinger uh, with his slan team. So second year in a row for playing for first place. I am playing a slan team. Uh, last year it was uh, Flying Dingle, Saul nicely. This year Alex and he was actually uh, the number one ranked. I was number two. He had more bonus points than me. Uh, and and this was. Um, This was kind of a romp as well. Um, About the only thing that really worked for him is he was leaping into my cage just about every turn. I think we started with him kicking to me. And he was really playing very aggressively. It had been working for him. It worked for him in the first two rounds. And so he was leaping into my cage just about every turn. He was succeeding on those leaps. He was leaping with blitzers. Um, he had one or two guard catchers, but I I got rid of them, and so it was really just the blitz, the blitzer. He was just kind of I only had the one guard on the troll, so he could he could leap in. He could find spots where he could leap in and get his one die block. Um, and he was getting those leaps in, but the the blocks weren't really working. He got the ball on the ground a couple times, but he was never able to recover it. And, um, and in the end, I think there were like four frogs left on the field and I was just stalling and, and scoring. And then when I kicked to him, he, he still had like a very small force. Um, so stopping him, I, I, and I think he failed a, a ball pickup, his initial ball pickup to start the second half. So, I mean, that was kind of, that was kind of it. Um, so I managed to hold on and win that game one to nothing. And repeat as champion, without giving a touchdown on the day, and um, oh, NAF ranking. I'll be honest. I I went in. I was the number one coach in the U.S. Chaos Pack coach in the U.S. And I would be lying if I said I didn't. I wasn't nervous about playing them so soon again in a tournament um in a moment of weakness i considered not bringing them back to park on my ranking and i thought that is some weak sauce that don't that you know it, you don't deserve your ranking if you're afraid to play your team cuz you assume you'll go down you know i mean i had to i had to defend i had to defend the, the title and i had to see how high this could go so um so I played and I ended up, uh, I, I, well, still number one. My ranking went up, uh, what, do you care about this? Ten points. And so now I'm number six in the world. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. I never I never thought I'd be number six in the world in any race. I mean, I suppose if there's a race you're going to get to number six in the world, then Chaos Pact is probably, I mean, th- there's not a lot of competition there. So that that would be one to pick if you were going to shoot for number six in the world. Um, I'd been planning on, on playing uh, my elf team for a year, starting at Zlerpy Bowl. Now I'm wondering if I should just keep riding the, the Chaos packed train and see how high this can go. See how high this train can, see if it's an elevated. You know, I, I don't know it it's also my best painted team. If I finish if I don't finish the elf team, then obviously I'm not going to play them. Um although I think next month's episode will be a paint cast, so I expect I expect them to be done. I really have the four catchers and a coach left to do and uh, I have to find some reroll markers that'll that'll look nice. But but my cast pack team is by far my best painted team um out of a competition of uh two teams that are finished. Um, soon to be a third, and I I like them. I you know I they all have personalities. I like playing them; they're fun, especially when. Oh, this is the other thing to mention uh, about the dog bowl victory. Um, first trait failure on a big guy was I'm not kidding. Turn fifteen of round two. That's all three big guys. Now I wasn't using them every turn. I was I was being conservative with their use. I was trying not to overdo it, especially the minotaur. I was like, I'm not blitzing with this guy unless I've got like a I've got a blitz with him unless, you know, it, that's really going to be the key to the turn or to to trying to turn this drive around. So um but even then well, okay. No, so the minotaur was failing lots of Wild animal rolls, because he was refusing to move. I was not blitzing him, and so I'd try to move him, and he just wouldn't move, and I'd say, okay, well, you know, I can live with him where he is for now. He's taking up space. Uh, but the Troll and the Ogre, between the two of them, I did not lose a tackle zone due to a negatrate failure until turn 15 of game two. So that, that, that said a lot. Um, and then in that third game against the Salon, they were, they were probably on average... An average rate of failure, maybe even below average, still, uh, but it it hardly mattered because I was just cracking frogs open left and right anyway. When I when I got the chances, and they were sometimes cracking themselves, so it was just you know it was a good set of three games. Again, a lesson in small sample sizes. Much easier to win whoever you are and whatever team you're playing. Much easier to win a three game tournament than a six game tournament. But I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, maybe the three-game format's my format. I'm a hot starter, which is generally true. I, Whatever, you know, two-day tournaments, I always play better day one than day two. And, you know, mental fatigue sets in at some point. Anyway, thanks to, to Furry and to Randroid for running that. That was fun. And uh, I'll be bringing the Chaos Pact, Frozen Flames, back next year. See if we can make it the three-peat. Oh, and this trophy. i got to mention this trophy. This trophy is lethal. It's the sharpest. It was like a 3D-printed plastic trophy. It's very nice. Um, Very high-definition 3D printing. It's got these spikes. It's a spiked football on a stand. And this thing is lethal. I was afraid to... I I was afraid I'd hurt myself with it on the way home if I didn't wrap it properly, so I wrapped it in an empty donut bag, because uh, those guys provided donuts, the tos. So when all the donuts were gone, I took the bag and I wrapped it up and I put it in a shoebox that I found where somebody had it there. Somebody bought new shoes at at the Marmalade Dog gaming convention where the tournament was held on the campus of Western Michigan University. Go Broncos! Oh, is that the Broncos? Yeah, Broncos. All right, um, post-game sequence. What do we have to talk about? Oh, yeah, there's this.
1: Questions,
0: comments, complaints? This comes from Martin Steckelberg. Uh, aka lard on NAF. or is it morton stackelberg looks like he's from sweden maybe yeah he's from sweden according to a sig here uh last episode we had morton F- F- forsmark write to us and give me a nice pronunciation guide uh but morton had a little um circle above his a Martin didn't put one here, but maybe maybe TFF doesn't support that. I don't know. So Martin or, or Morton, I'll just call you Lard and hope it's not like Lard or um, something like that. He writes, hello, Sigmund. I've been a listener for your entire Blood Bowl podcast career and really enjoy the show content and execution. Thank you. Uh, Your last episode, Sigi Llama Show Number 5, Style Guide, was great with the exception of One Little Blunder. Oh, filed this under complaint. After your great guidance to the do's and don'ts of Blood Bowl expression, you began talking about the Underworld Cup 2014. While describing the rule set for the tournament, you by mistake said something along the lines of, you have... X team value to buy your team. Uh, team value to buy your team? We both know that we don't spend the team value when we are creating teams. We are spending gold coins. We don't end up with zero TV at the end of the team creation, as TV isn't something we can spend. My suggestion would be to phrase it, you can create a team at this level of team value. as I think it would be more consistent with the recommendations from the style guide. I hope this can work as an eye opener, so the next style guide can take up the uh, the cave heats. I'm going to say that loses something in translation of all the expressions regarding team value. Uh, that is that is an eye opener, lard. I I I stand corrected. You know, just goes to show that uh, it's easier to write it up as notes. For your show, and easier to criticize when other people do it, especially when you write up your criticism as notes, uh, than to speak uh, extemporaneously and uh, follow the style guide. So I'm as vulnerable as anybody, um, and I'm glad I could give you the enjoyment of correcting me. Um, I'm gonna read this too. Uh, Also, uh, Brian Mitchell, actually, I'm gonna cut in here. Uh, Brian Mitchell wrote me um, about the same segment, um, but with a different criticism. Uh, that he found it very funny that I started my when I started my Underworld recap. I said single skills uh, instead of normal skills. Uh, also, in the the style guide, I uh, railed on people who refer to a the results of a normal skill roll, a non-double skill roll, as a single skill. Um, because there's nothing single about them. Just because you you rolled two numbers, they just didn't happen to be the same number, a double number. So, uh, yeah. So my Underworld recap, uh, I'm glad you both caught that. Very astute, my students. You're learning. Uh, Lard continues, one other issue you raised during the podcast was a source with a lot of alternative models for Blood Bowl, as the thread on TFF had gone missing. I haven't found your missing thread, but I know of this thread on the Swedish Blood Bowl forum, a Swedish Blood Bowl Alliance, that tries to collect as many of the alternative teams as possible and also keeps them sorted by type. So if you are looking for Amazons, click the button under Amazons, etc. Uh, the preamble is in Swedish, but the teams are sorted in alphabetical order after the English team names, so I think you'll find it useful. Then he sends me the link, and indeed... This is a very useful resource, my listeners, and I will try to read you the the URL here. Uh, it's a doozy though um, I'm gonna say what you should do is google the phrase let's see here it well it's Lard is the one who posted it um, if you host if you search for the phrase "Happy team hunting." Put that in quotes, uh, and then in your Google search, do a site colon s i t e colon forum so, uh, The S W is in Swedish, B B A is in Blood Bowl Alliance. Dot uh, S E is in the the Swedish country code, and uh, you'll find this uh, you'll find this very handy. Thread. is exactly what I was looking for. And it even has pictures right here. So, you know, it uses kind of the forum spoiler feature. You, you click the spoiler button, and you not only get um, the name of the the retailer uh, with a link to their website, uh, but also right here on the page are uh, the, the pictures from that site. So you can do a, a real quick comparison just running down. Looking at the site I'll put a link to this on the Facebook page um, Hopefully I'll remember After I post this thing And go to bed tonight That's inevitably happening um, But check out that resource And many thanks to Lard for sending that on I'm, I've am already uh, Picked out my slant team Not that I should be buying a slant team Anytime soon Especially since they're so awful In round 3 of the dog bowl uh, What else Oh, Lard also sent in a, uh, a late entry. He, by his own admission, it was late, and it definitely was, um, to the What Does Siggy's Voice Sound Like contest. And uh, I'll read this to you. Um, I always picture the real Sigmund sitting in an armchair and smoking a cigar with you, meaning me, as his patient, talking with the face turned away from the viewer and he, Lard, as a third-party observer when he's listening to the show. That image in my eyes is kind of relaxing, and that fact is also interesting for me as a psychologist by trade. This is so great. Um, So I'm going to read my response. Um, uh, Wow, that is deep, and asks a compelling question, which is the more tortured soul, the patient who feels he needs to blather on to his therapist about his blood bowl hobby, or the therapist that's forced to listen to it? which I guess is really you, right? And what does it say about you that you've inserted yourself as both the psychologist and as a third-party observer to your own interaction with me? I could give you a more complete analysis if you'll just book the sessions with my receptionist and drop off my fee as well. Thanks for the PM, Siggy. And then he uh, responds further that he will do that. Um, If he ever feels the need to assess any sort of accrued uh, brain damage, uh, I am welcome to move a city in the Nark region of Sweden, and the state will pay me to do the assessment. will pay him. So that goes on and on. Um, about the image, the ego is me, uh, the id is Freud, and the superego is you. Or maybe Freud is the me, the patient is the id, and Blood Bowl is the superego. Anyhow, I'm the tortured soul, says Martin Lard. So, thank you very much for that exchange. That was uh, quite enjoyable. What else we got here? Um, oh yeah, uh, getting back to the style guide, uh, each of the members of the both down crew texted me separately upon hearing the the style guide saying, uh, "Do we really call it the the block down result instead of the both down result?" They both they were, they were. It was hard to read. It was over text, so it, you know. I, I think it was more. I don't think it was quite defensiveness. I think it was more cognitive dissonance. Um, but I, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't quote the episode. All I can say is that uh, almost all of those uh, examples were jotted down while I was listening to the podcast, and I had right on there, um, uh, you know, bolt down. In parentheses, right after that example, so I'm I'm sticking with my my research there on that one. Any anybody who's uh, way ahead of my podcast and behind on theirs, and coming up or re-listening to theirs, maybe you can confirm that. Um, but I don't think they'll be doing it again. Thanks to me. And now this, uh, one of the best things ever that I've ever received. I uh, got an email from Jonas um Osd which means egg he told me once in Swedish. Uh so egg sent me an email um he says uh well never mind. He, he's trying to make amends for something that he there's no reason for him to make amends for. Uh we tried to hook, hook up and uh, record uh something um a little something you might be hearing on the 3 day Bonk podcast. Uh, If that uh, critical hit cup episode ever comes out, Um, Jonas was going to help me out, but it just it didn't work out. Um, So you'll hear other people. Uh, But he um, he wrote as possible amends for that not working out. uh, There was recently a tournament in Sweden called the Banquet Bowl. This is such a great idea that had a fancy dress code. I like dressing up. And also included a three-course dinner. I love multi-course dinners with a fixed menu. I love other people making food decisions for me, and the food is really good. That's like the best thing. Uh, and as is customary in our culture, there was singing and drinking. I want to be in your culture! All songs are traditional melodies with adjusted lyrics to make them Blood Bowl related. So lots of Swedish with a few words in English that you could recognize. I recorded most of it on the fancy iPhone memo thingy just in case you wanted to use it. Yes, I do. Uh, Since you enjoyed our earlier efforts at the Chaos Cop. Yes, I did. So pretty poor quality. Good enough. And you might not even want it, uh, even if it was perfect. Come on now. Uh, But my conscience wanted to at least attempt to soothe your anger, which there was never any. Uh, So he he sent it on. Um, uh, They were all in Swedish. Uh, except for this one. So I'll play the one in, in English, although I enjoyed the, the ones in Swedish just yeah. as much as this one. So here, check this out.
4: Yeah. <laughs> this song goes out to Sigilama from Yay. the Sigilama Yay. podcast. Yay!
3: Yay. Yay.
1: Oh. See the little goblin, see his little feet. See his little nose, is the goblin sweet. Score!
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, indeed. That was amazing. And a couple of observations. One, I heard a female voice in there. So they got females showing up for Blood Bowl tournaments and dressing up nicely uh, and drinking with them. Awesome. Group singing. Okay, none of them, I presume, are singing in their native language. And they are sounding great. I mean, they're all on key. They're all on meter. I I emailed this back to to Jonas. I'm like, like, how do you guys sound so good? I mean, we need a culture where you do a lot of drinking and singing because you guys just end up doing really great group singing. And he's like, well, these are traditional songs. We've been doing them for years. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. The Happy Birthday song... We've all been singing it since we were two, and we all suck at it. Have you ever been to a birthday party where people sang "Happy Birthday" and it sounded anything but awful? You you don't like people just Americans just can't sing as a group on on cue. Well, mm. I've spontaneously much less on cue. I mean come on. And these guys were all together. And this a traditional song, but not the traditional lyrics. They rewrote the lyrics. Yes, they had song sheets, but still they sounded good. They sounded good. The Swedish ones sound good. Here, let me play one of those for you.
3: And the
1: the Skull,
0: skull. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna hear I'm drinking brandy right now, out of my uh uh Orktoberfest 2011 third place trophy, Crowell's skull. That's to all the attendees of the Banquet Bowl 2015. Wonderful, wonderful. And I I think I heard you singing about following Morgue, which is always encouraged. So that's it. That's our show. Oh, that's uh, that's Mark Marin. I can't do that. Um, so this is it. We're going to wrap it up. Um, put a bag over its head. It's ready to kidnap this episode. That doesn't work. Um, stick a pin in it. It's a balloon. Mm. I should try to write these things down. Anyway, thank you for your kind attention. Once again, we have a, a new record. Two and a half hours. Two hours, 35 minutes, 10 seconds at this point. Double skulls, you got nothing on me. Nothing. Whatever you do, I can do it longer. Whatever your wind, I can be windier. How is your group singing over there in England? Huh? Is it measure up to the Swedes? I want to hear some drinking songs next time. We We don't do that over here. Well, our drinking songs, they'd be like really shitty... Country music. That could be old country music, the good. It could be it could be some Hank Williams or some Buck Owens or something. I like the I like the um the Bakersfield sound. When's that coming back? Anyway. Alright. I have winded you long enough with my long windedness, so this is Sigilama. Sigmund Lamar to you. Sign enough. Till next time. Bye. This has been and continues to be the Siggy Lama show. Next episode, expect another paint cast. We even had to order a new piece of equipment because we had an electrical fire. Did we talk about that last episode? Where's our research department? Continuity Girl, get your clipboard over here. And then we'll make good on our promise to keep these episodes shorter. After this one, you'll be begging for it. Say, was that Sigmund's plan all along? We watched The Wolf of Wall Street just the other night with Mrs. Lamar. Funny thing, you never see another head of another broker firm during that movie. Isn't that who Jordan would be measuring himself up against? Shouldn't he have a rival in his own field? Seemed like he was operating in a vacuum for the whole three hours of that movie. He goes to a country club and has this big Quaalude episode. Where are all those Mayflower descendants he was talking about earlier? What do they think of him? What does he think of them? Uh, Maybe that's in the six-hour version.